Happy 35th anniversary, Metal Gear. Age hasn't slowed you down one bit. And the memories we've had over these years. You will complete me. The late nights, the early mornings, the playing games deliriously. The best love is the kind that awakens the soul. That makes us reach for more. That plants a fire in our hearts and brings peace to our minds. And that's what you've given me. That's what I'd hope to give to you forever. Happy anniversary and to many more. Like, let's kind of talk it through th through the beginning. So you had mentioned, okay. like, so you start the game and you swim up. And uh, this time, this playthrough, I was really starting to notice all the parallels with just the original Metal Gear Solid. Okay. A lot yeah, of people cause... will talk about, well, Metal Gear Solid is kind of a, a remake of Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. And it, it, mm -hmm. it really is. I mean, there's a lot of parallels there. But I was noticing parallels even in the original Metal Gear where you swim up to the facility and then you're kind of in a, a dock area mm -hmm. and, you know, you're, you're walking through and it's almost like the first floor is like tank Similar. hangar. Yeah. There are tanks parked and there's trucks parked and there, there's uh, crates parked and, and you're sneaking through it. And there's a hind D up on the roof. I, I was noticing a, a lot of parallels and, and there's a prison in the basement. Mm -hmm. Which would, you know, I would say like it goes, keeps going back like almost every every snake is captured and put yeah. in prison and this is where it began with those tales basically yeah. like um because you do have to get captured to find um gray fox and that's part of the flavor of it this mm -hmm. espionage genre where like getting captured is part of the job mm -hmm. i don't want to skip ahead to it but yeah when you get captured in, in metal gear you end up in a prison cell and like big boss on your codec you still have it somehow he's like infiltration successful and it's like, oh, I thought when I just entered the base on screen one, I thought that was the infiltration. I thought that was, I thought that was a success. Like, but you, you, you swim up, you, you, mm. you uh, I think um, Mitchell Hammond, was it Mitchell Hammond? Who had said like, it was kind of like Apocalypse Now where yes. wood pops out of the water and like mm -hmm. that's, he's going into this facility to kill Colonel Kurtz, who's gone crazy and rogue. I wanted a mission. And for my sins, they gave me one. Brought it up to me like room service. Snake, you pop up out of the water and you're looking at outer heaven and you don't know it, but you're going in there to kill your, your commanding officer. And after you pop up, I mean, presumably, mm. like he had his scuba equipment on, he kind of swims over behind some crates and pops up again. And he, he, he gets the radio from, from Big Boss and he's like, your mission is to infiltrate outer heaven and uh, uh, make contact with our missing agent, Gray Fox, and uh, find their ultimate weapon, Metal Gear. You know, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it. And you climb the fence, and you're on the dock, and, and you, you head into this open garage door. And, and I, yeah. I really want to hear your perspective, because you just played it for the first time within the past week, right? Yes. Um, well, yeah, I've been trying to, like, 
with my schedule. So you were on four one building one, the original metal gear for the first time in the past week. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what did you feel as you headed into outer heaven? And- I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I flashed back immediately to. Let's pull ourselves back into floor go back one, in level time. one, Metal Gear. You infiltrated mm. uh, that first floor in the past week. Like, what were you looking for? Like, what, what was your impression of, like, what the area looked like, what the guards were doing, like, mm. finding the equipment and knowing where to go after that? I was look, I was basically, like, I wanted to see the patterns. I wanted to see the patrol routes of all the soldiers that were, like, basically, that were in the area. Um, so my first instinct was to go right. Like, yes, like that's everybody's right. first instinct. Yeah, when you go in there, you're forward. like, okay, I'm going to go to the right w- real quick because I, mm-hmm. I assume going right would be the detour and going forward would progress you further in the level. Yeah, and then I think it ended up like me like getting lost and getting stuck and I had to like go all the way back. Well, it's a dead end. If, if you go to the yeah, right, it is. You, you have to pass a couple of guards on patrol mm-hmm. and then you go to a dead end where there's a door that you can't open. Exactly, and then I kept like, I actually kept walking into the door thinking like it was going to activate. And I said to myself, like, wait, a minute. oh yeah, I need a key card. And that's when I started, yeah. like, I, I started like going into like the trucks. So I was like going back, backtracking. Did you, for... did you? But did you though? Because I remember you sent me a screenshot. Mm. You were on the screen past the trucks. Yeah, I. I where you're, like... you're in the dirt courtyard. There's the fence and there's the dogs, and you're like, I, I, I'm lost. Like I don't know, don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. the only way to get on the screen that you're on is to walk past the trucks. Did you not go inside them? Like, did did you just think they were there as set decoration, or did you actually? No, I, I, I knew you can go in them because I saw like guards coming out of them. Um, uh-huh. What happened was I went into one of them. The key card was there. And for some reason, my brain didn't click that that was a key card. I thought it was a landmine. Fair truck. enough. I mean, and it's this great thing like, that's red. It's like, well, I am that could not be like a bomb or a trap or something. Because by then, it's like I already got caught like several times. Because I would actually like try to like sneak up onto like sneak up onto the soldiers and then just in that split second, they would turn and face me. And instead of going like one, one um, alert, they go automatically to two. And then I everybody still would need just to look into in. that. Why that happens? Because that, yeah. that would catch me off guard too. Because I kept getting seen by guards. I'm like, well, okay, that must be a one alert. And that's mm-hmm. where you just exit the screen and and everything's fine. Yeah. But I kept getting the two alert where you have to leave the floor or kill everybody that enters the screen and there's usually like a good four or five guards that run under the screen yeah usually like yeah because it'll be like two in a room and then either two or three would come into the room if you if you do that and then from i did it like several times and the, my life bar was like so low and i was like okay i tried it was almost like a disease i kept replaying mm-hmm. the game and restarting it again and again and again because i'm like well i've been playing this so long mm-hmm. i need to do something new on this playthrough i need to get through the game without being seen yeah, I need to get through the game without taking any damage, mm-hmm. and I needed to get through the game without killing anybody, and I I, I wasn't able to do it. I... No, me me either. And then um, yeah, eventually, just... I'm like, this place is going to blow up anyway. I'm just gonna <clears throat> I'm just gonna take them all out. And then yeah, I don't know. Like, I I bypassed it. Like, I got everything else, and then I knew from like other like people like talking about it. Like, you can keep going back into the rooms, and kind of like keep collecting more equipment yeah like ammo rations i kept doing that going in and out in and out even if like even if like a guard saw me when you leave it kind of almost like disappears it doesn't yeah. follow you 
so I was like, I was just going in and out collecting everything. I for some reason didn't go after the key card because I saw red and I automatically go like, well, that even like there was a mine at one point. I didn't go in it anywhere near because I was like, wait a minute, like, is that going to blow up if I touch it? Oh, so that's what happened. Oh, to me, like, I know, times. I know the truck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's why like I, I kind of stayed away from them. And then I would go to the fence thinking like, well, there's a way around this fence. I know there is. It's like, and then I actually started to try yeah, to Yeah, literally, you start the, the game by climbing a fence. Yeah. How can you not climb that one in the courtyard? And I was just basically mashing every button. I could think of like, all right, I can't climb the fence. So I thought maybe if I can attract the dogs, they can maybe either like break through the fence or climb underneath it. And then I can climb when I beat them. That's how my brain was working. Boy, and then you're that's when I finally messaged game you. A lot of credit. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's when I messaged you. I said, like, all right, I'm already lost. Because you started saying, like, oh, this would be a great time to, like, you know, your live reactions. I, that's when I typed in, like, I am lost. This was another great thing, like, playing on the computer. I was doing both. I was, like, on the computer, playing the game, and on Twitter, um, talking to you. I was, like, I'm already lost. Like, I'm trying to find the key it's card. It's fun because when I played it in the in the in the day, you couldn't yeah. text somebody and get a message back. Like like it was sort of like an additional radio conversation. Exactly. So I, I said, "There's a key card in the truck to the south of you. Get yeah. it and make sure you check every door on the floor." But then I feel like he messaged me later and said, "Okay, I got the key card, but I don't have a gas mask for the gas room." So did you did you I not did. go back to that dead end? I I kept going back, and then um, for that I contacted like Schneider. Which How I did you do that though? Um, you can change the um, well, yeah, you can frequency. change the frequency, but the thing is, yeah. when Big Boss says contact Schneider, he knows what the you're, gas mask is. You're already I'm like, well, room. what's the frequency? The game tells you like the frequency, I think it was like one really, it was like 120 something point 13, no, 73. I missed it. Big Boss tells yeah. you twice to call Schneider and he doesn't give you a frequency, and then later in, in the, the third floor, you rescue a prisoner who's like, call Diane. Diane's mm-hmm. frequency is one two zero point three three, and it's like, well, yes. the prisoner knew Diane's frequency, but Big Boss he told me to call Schneider twice and didn't give me the frequency to do it. So, like, I immediately, yeah. as, as someone who's played the series, you know, a, a lot, and I mean, you already knew Big Boss was a bad guy, but I'm like, yeah. maybe Big Boss is trying to sniff out the resistance numbers. Exactly. And, and he's then, trying to use you to make contact with the resistance so he can kill them. So that yeah, was sort of my interpretation, but I didn't see where he gave you the frequency. No, no, I don't think it, it's Big Boss. I think it's like one of the prisoners gives you Schneider's frequency. I must have missed it. I don't know. I, I'm you know so what? bad you, about listening to the prisoners. Yeah, exactly. Because you save so many prisoners. Sometimes like you, there's like that, basically like the icon, there, there's going to be additional dialogue after I'm saved. And it's like... I wish they would have gave these prisoners like at least like a number or a name so I can remember, but it's like prisoners. Then there are prisoners that you save. That's like uh, they say, mm-hmm. I'm saved. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I, I mean, sure, I untied you. But if you go on the left side of the building, there's a gas room. And if you go on the right side of the building, there's an electric floor. But You're good, good luck. You're not saved. <laughs> and then, um, like, and yeah, like I hope like they like got out. After I, yeah, I you untie them did. and they, they get out on their own. Yeah. The, the only question I have is how come Gray Fox didn't tag along and help you after you saved him? You know what? You would think like that would that would have been the case. Like that would have been a good like add second player mode. Yeah. That'd and be you fun. can have someone else like basically like with you in the screen running around going like I can't get to this guy, like loop around and get him. 
I think you're on to something. Like the people mm-hmm. who made like uh, what was it, Unmetal? Yes. If somebody makes another game that's like that, that's inspired by Metal Gear, mm-hmm. like a second player in there or something. I bet there's a way to do it real in a real clever way. It's like a combination of you and your knowledge of these games and playing Unmetal got me to like because I was kind of like hesitant and like and actually kind of like um, a little scared to play them. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, these aren't like the modern games. Like it's gonna be a little harder. Like I remember those days. Those days were like really tough. People were contacting me on mm. Twitter. They're like, make sure you like mm. reference a guide. And I'm like, why? Like, mm. y- you just explore, and eventually you're gonna find the next key card, and then you go yeah. back and check all the doors again. I mean, it's yeah. Because as soon as you told me like go on every floor, check every door, that's immediately what I did. Even if I didn't have like the key card that could open it, I would be like, yeah. all right, I can't open that door. And I kind of like, kind of like put it into my mind, like. Okay, it's trial and door. error and to me mm-hmm. it makes the game more fun than if you played it like seven times in a row and you've kind of memorized what key card goes to what door and yeah where you should ideally go first to proceed the quickest like to me i like to to let a few years go by and i like to kind of forget the details and and, and kind of like struggle to get through floors that's that's more fun for me so like game wise okay so the mm-hmm. the guards in front of the elevator on floor one building one they're yeah. like okay shift change and then they leave the screen Mm-hmm. You get on the elevator, you go up to floor three, and you kind of uh, elude some cameras, you, you rescue some prisoners, you go through the, the gas room where Big Boss is like, contact Schneider for a gas mask, but he doesn't give you Schneider, Schneider's number. Exactly. But ideally, you should already have the, the gas mask anyway, so you, it never even occurs to you to try to call anybody. Mm-hmm. And then you leave, and, and when you rescue the next prisoner, they're the ones that let you know, hey, Gray Fox was captured three days ago, he's mm-hmm. unharmed. Uh, but I, he might even tell you at that point that he's in the basement, he's... Um, yeah they say he's like in an underground cell i think yeah or but you're you're, you're making your way through the base and uh there's some crazy rooms like you'll go into and there's like a rolling pin that's going back and forth yeah and, and it's I, like is this like how do the guards navigate their own base this is insane and, and another thing idea. too like I, you're probably not familiar with this but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully somebody listening to the episode will go oh yeah i totally did that in the gas room you know how there's those little clouds of gas yeah as a kid, I would always stand on the little clouds of gas so it looked like Solid Snake was like farting. That was a. For some reason, I thought. Even now, approaching 40 years old, I can't help but at least stop once and, and do the Solid Snake is farting gif. Somebody needs to turn that into a gif and post it on Twitter. On my first um, playthrough, I thought, like, because I, I didn't have the gas mask and I went in the room, I thought there were like pockets of oxygen. <laughs> to go on and like breathe you just like put your mouth up to it and was like i'm gonna suck in this air that's blowing out that's colored i was like no i was like wait a minute what if they help you jump and like i said like i'm like giving like because all these like retro games like it's fun to hear this stuff though because you're hearing it from the perspective of somebody who knows the series knows Mm -hmm. the characters knows the tropes and yet they're experiencing metal gear for the first time and it's like well what 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 is that perspective what does that look like because mm-hmm. the first time I played Metal Gear, I was probably four or five years old, and I, I don't remember the first time I played it. It's all melted together in my head. Yeah, because like going back to this game, it's like I almost like time traveled in my mind, going back to like the NES days, and I was like, I was kind of like in that mindset, like as a little kid, I was like yeah. playing this game, and I was like, and that's why I was like, I was like messing you, going like, I'm just having a blast, like even if I'm lost, yeah. like I'm having it's a fun. blast running around this place. 
you find key card two mm-hmm. and you, you go back and you get some remote controlled missiles and then you blow up the control panel on the other end of the room with the electric grid on the floor yeah which again was another thing that they used in metal gear solid yeah for the first, uh, you know, a very iconic mm-hmm. thing from the series and then you find the prisoner who says okay here's diane's frequency and you call diane and then mm-hmm. what what was your impression of that first phone call with diane um steve answered and i almost want to say like hi steve who do you think steve is there's some debate over who steve is i I think the most consistent thing people say is that well that's that's diane's brother steve oh but was he no i'm thinking of jennifer yeah jennifer has a brother too yeah i feel like steve is like just a a one-night stand yeah well then you know what he gave me an answer saying that um that diane went out shopping right and i was like what I was like, what do you so, mean she went so shopping? You're on a top secret mission, and a prisoner mm-hmm. who's clearly part of the Outer Heaven Resistance gives you resistance member Diane's mm-hmm. frequency. And you call Diane's secret frequency to talk to her and get information from her. Yeah. And then a dude named Steve picks up the phone and goes, what's up, bro? <laughs> oh, uh, Diane, she probably went shopping. here. And it's like, Diane, you just left your radio out? And you got exactly. some guy named Steve at your house? I think it's a one-night stand. Like, I think it's her boyfriend. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, Because you know what? I think like um, there's like multiple responses. Yeah. yeah. There are three phone calls with Steve. And in the mm-hmm. second phone call with Steve, he says, oh, you're looking for Diane? She's in the yeah. shower right now. And I, I feel like that's something that a brother would not say. No. I feel like that's so something an angry be... boyfriend would say to get you to like leave. Exactly. The girl alone. Yeah, because like when you contact other people, it's um, Solid Snake gives out his name first. He's like, I think he says like, um, "This is Solid Snake. Come in." Yeah, reply please. Yeah, and then I'm like, wait a minute, like, well, we know their name. Like, shouldn't you say like, "Hey, Diane, this is Solid Snake. I've been given your number by person, but you know what? The limitations. I don't think you could have so many texts on there." But like, that's yeah, what I mean, like, he, he had a larger script <clears throat> that he had to kind of cut down, yeah. but it would kind of make sense that if you're a secret agent and Solid Snake is your secret agent name, mm-hmm. don't be giving it out on the line to Steve. Exactly. Hey, yo, <laughs> go, uh, is this Steve. Diane? And then like, wait for a response. And then when they're like, this is Steve, go, oh, um, I'll call back later. Yeah, because you, you also like the way like the, the communicator like worked, it's like, you'll send out your information and then it's like, there's that like that small uh, gap where there's no there's nothing coming through, and I'm like, then like someone's on the other end trying to contact you, like, like all right, yes, I like that Diane, detail too. Here we go, and then it's like, it goes, it's Steve, and then it's, and I was like, okay, and Steve. they give you the message, but they don't tell you. I don't know. Does anybody actually tell you you need to level up in order to contact her? Oh, that's Jennifer. We'll we'll get to Jennifer. Oh, okay, that, that's okay, all. Okay. That's a whole different woman to deal with. I, I was just like, I, I think I may have like, like slipped that one. That may have slipped my mind. So you get up to floor three and, mm. and you rescue the prisoner that tells you to, to um, contact Diane and you get Steve in, instead. And then there's a few other things you do on this floor. You get the cardboard box, which what, what oh. were your thoughts when you entered the room and you saw the cardboard box? Well, you know, cause you know what, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, as soon as I as soon as I acquired the car box, my brain and my eyes like literally flashed through every iteration of the cardboard box, and I go like, and then like I could just like picture the box like hoisted into the air with like that 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 heavenly 
glowing lightly. Ah, I was like, it's here. It's here, the box. Like, and I looked around like, now no one is going to stop me now. I immediately equipped it and just started going, walking around. Like, doo, 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 doo. That's usually what I do. Usually for the rest of the game, I'm literally just a cardboard box I'm navigating box. outer heaven. Yeah. And like, even if like, it doesn't like, they're not going to say it. In my mind, when the guard sees it, I automatically go on like, I go automatically have the guard in my head saying like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's just a box. Oh, yeah. Just, they, keep they going, just keep going. Outer through. heaven guards will walk right past that box, even if it keeps changing oh positions. God. I was going to toy with, like, I wonder if a guard can walk into the box and what would happen. I never tested it. Yes. That happened to me. I, I okay. misjudged their path, and I, I was in the box. Yeah. And actually, two guards had walked up to me, and they were both standing mm. on top of me at the same time. And I'm taking damage, but they don't notice you. Oh. And after they stand there, they, they, they resume their patrol where they're just going on their patrol and yeah. like you have just taken a whole bunch of damage. Okay, so now I'm thinking like to myself, like maybe those guards are just kicking the box. Yeah. Like, well, no, they, they weren't even kicking the box. Like when, when they're on a patrol and they're walking back and forth, they'll, they'll stop for a few seconds and kind of look yeah. around before they walk back to where they came from. And they were like standing directly on top of me. I'm taking damage. And for some reason, even though they mm-hmm. don't notice me, I'm taking damage. And then they just kind of resumed their patrol and kept walking. Oh, that is so weird. Yeah. So because, uh, then mm-hmm. you go through a door that leads to an area that you'd actually been to previously or could be to previously because mm-hmm. you've got key card two now. And that leads you to a room that's... And this is where I made, made a mistake. I was trying to get through the game without killing anybody. So those, yeah. you, you walk into like this like room inside of a room using key card two on, on level three. And there are four guards who are already like mm. running and gunning yeah, it seems they're... like at each other, like they're having target practice in this room behind crates. Exactly. And you walk into the middle of it, and they're just immediately attacking you. And like because I was trying to get through the game without killing anybody, I didn't mm-hmm. kill them, and therefore I had forgotten that that's where you get the silencer when you kill all four of them. Yeah. So dude. I had to go through the game without a silencer, and I'm like, gosh, it seems harder this time. <laughs> I don't remember Metal Gear being so damn hard because yeah, I didn't right. have the silencer. I was going to say, like, you basically described what I was going to say. Like, as soon as I walked in that room, they were shooting at each other. And I go, like, oh, this is the practice room. And yeah. I immediately get spotted. And I go, like, oh, crap. And I start, Immediately like, my brain around. goes to what that logically has to be. And I'm like, this just seems like they're target practicing in a room. Yeah, since, you, like, that's the room they're looking for to acquire the silencer as well. Yeah. I kind of, like, put it together. Like, this is the room where they're basically, like, either target practicing or. Um, it's a trap. Either a trap. That was probably my first a thing. trap, but it's, it like, really, it's probably a trap. It really felt like target practice. Yeah, because like they were shooting at each other when I walked in before I got noticed. Like in that minor split second when you leave to go into that room and then the next room like loads up, mm-hmm. I already see like gunfire. And so I was yeah. like, all right, they didn't see me yet. Like that doesn't how this work for this game. It's like they don't just like see you. Instantly. I was trying real hard to try to dodge their bullets, but it's, it's still it's still hard after all these years. You think it'd be easy seeing a dot coming no. at you and avoiding the dot? It took me like the second playthrough to dodge <laughs> dodge bullets because you kind of like you kind of like have to tap like where they're aiming, the opposite direction as soon as like they were they're aiming, which is like hit or miss. You either dodge yeah. it or get hit. Yeah, and and, no big deal. usually it's just best to kind of get hit. I mean, whatever, use some rations, yeah. get hit. Immediately equip key card one and go into the adjacent room where you get the grenade launcher. Which was a godsend. Yeah. 
Now, how quickly did you figure out to go back to floor one? Because you um, can, at, at that point, when you get on the other elevator, you can go to the roof, which you can't proceed on because the uh, wind is like blowing you backward to the elevator. You yeah. can go down to level two and you can explore a little bit in level two, but it's almost not even worth it because all, all you can get is like just some more ammunition and, and plastic explosive. And that's, that's pretty much it. And, and a bunch of dead ends and floor two. And then you go, I think you can actually go down to the basement. Yes. If you wanted to, but you can't access the c- critical doors you need to access. You probably could blow up the maze with your plastic explosive. But I don't even know if you could get into the room in the middle. I can't remember what key card that is. I mean, basically what you have to do is you have to go back to floor one. And I- I'd like to hear your impressions of what the next part of the story is where you're rescuing prisoners. And I think at some point the prisoners say the only way to get to the cell block is to get captured. Yeah, like immediately after that, I went to the roof. I don't know why I compelled myself to go to the roof. No, it makes sense because when you go on the elevator in floor three, you're on the floor three, you can go down, but there's a roof right above you on the the screen. So naturally, you would go to the roof and realize, oh, I can't proceed. Exactly. And then that's when I started like, all right, process elimination. Um, I did the opposite. I made it really hard for myself. I went straight to the basement and realized you can't do anything. All right back yeah. to the first floor and i kind of went back to basically everywhere i went just to like make sure i didn't miss anything or miss a room with newly acquired key card yeah and for me so that's, that's the fun part doing. yeah yeah that's what i kept doing like every single building every single key card i acquired i kept going circling cycling back to the beginning yeah. of each building that's how i think very sequentially i'm almost like well i i should go back to like room one mm-hmm and try every door again just to make sure I, I didn't miss something. So that's, that's absolutely like typically how I play metal gear, but that building one, I probably played that more than any other area in metal gear in my life. And I, yeah. I know it pretty well. So like, I'll, I'll naturally just go back to floor one, walk all the way down, walk all the way over, you know, mm. after I rescue a few prisoners and, and, and let the guards capture you. Yeah. Cause like you have to like stock up on all your like, everything that you can get like you need to stock up on bullets yes yeah. every time rations. you go up in rank yeah. when you rescue enough prisoners you, Which you is... go up in rank you get another star and suddenly you mm-hmm. can hold more weapons you can hold more ammunition you can uh you life. can hold more rations yeah and, and then uh, you get captured i mean what, what did you think like was there like well, a part of you that's like oh my god this is so cool when two guards suddenly say mm-hmm. hold it right there well, you're under arrest but before that when he told me how to get captured I immediately ran up to a guard to get captured. And I was like, that's not how it works. And I quickly knocked him out. Exactly. I quickly knocked him out. I was like, all right, let's start to get from the drawing board. Like you just not run up to a soldier and get captured. Like that's what ended up happening to me. Like, um, they have a special corner where they capture you everywhere else. It's kill on sight. But in this corner, this dead end, that's the dead end where they'll capture you. That's where like it threw me off, and I was like captured. I was like, no one's tried to capture me to this point. Like they've all have, it's been sh- shot on sight. Like they've been trying yeah. to kill me. Like every everywhere I went, it's like no one said like freeze or like. I can't even anything. see people walking onto that screen and going, "Oh, it's a dead end," and then turning around before they walk forward. Yeah, and maybe not triggering that cutscene. I, I didn't try playing with the game mechanics there, but I, mm. I think if you enter that screen, you have to walk into it a little bit to get the guard to come. Yeah, you don't just, you know, go into that room and all of a sudden, like, it happens. You have to actually, I think it's like at least, like, one or two steps in yeah. that direction. so it'd be easy to, to miss it. it. 
Yeah. If you're the type of person who will walk onto the screen and kind of survey the situation before you proceed, which I usually do, mm. you might see that, there, well, it's just a dead end. I may as well just turn around and yeah. completely miss the fact that if you take two steps forward, a guard will go, hold it. Yeah. And right there. Like, you're oh, under yes. arrest. And then and you I, find yourself in prison. And exactly. Big Boss says, congratulations, you've infiltrated outer heaven. <laughs> check and, the walls. Yeah. And then that's when like, I automatically like, oh, check the walls. Like, I've heard that before. And I started, part, I started punching every single wall. Yeah. And then, but you know what? I started from like going down to the bottom of the screen and then working all the way around. I it's made, like, funny, really even though ball. I know exactly where to punch on yeah. which wall to punch it, I'll still go to the right and punch the wall and work mm-hmm. my way down and work my way across the bottom of the screen and work my way up the left side of the screen until I get to the spot that I instinctively know is the right spot. And I don't know why I do that. I think it's just a, a sickness yeah, that I is- like to live the fantasy so much that I'd like to pretend that it's still my first time playing Metal Gear. And you know, and this, is, this is before we get plastic explosives. So Solid Snake is punching No, 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 wall, no. Right? You, you have plastic explosives at this point, but you're, you're oh, you are taken. When you're oh, taken right, prisoner, right, right, they right. take your stuff away. Right, I forgot about that. Your stuff is taken. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, even if I find the wall, how am I going to get through it? You just punch it again. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, it didn't hit me. You, you've never like, punched, punched the wall it. down? No, I punched the wall down. I hit it once, but you had to hit uh-huh. it several times. And it's like, yeah, because I, I hit it, it. It goes whoop. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, I was whoop. hearing it in my headphones, like, that's the wall. And then I said to myself, like, but how do I get through it? So it took me like two minutes to realize, like, I went through my inventory, like, oh crap, all my stuff is gone. And I said to myself, like, okay, what if I keep knocking on the wall and then someone's on the other end that's going to like either barrel down on it or like, basically someone's going to come out like i was going back to the days of like um going back to the days of johnny if i keep irritating there's a guard out there i can irritate yeah that's going to come in and go like hey what the hell are you doing hey shut up in there so i was doing that i was like i'm gonna punch this wall and then i went around to like all these other like i went to all the other walls and i knew where it hit i went to all the other walls like i'm gonna annoy a guard somewhere and i was like this is not working so I immediately went back to like punching the wall again and it broke through. And I was like, that's it. From all that time, it took me 10 minutes to get out of that one room. And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that, that, you're super, that. super strong, Solid Snake. You yeah. can punch concrete walls open. And then um, and then that's when, like, when we finally get to see Gray Fox. And I want to hear your opinion. What, what, what does he say to you? And, and what, were, what were your thoughts that, oh, this is Gray Fox? Oh, um, oh crap. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, it's okay. Let me, okay. let me, uh, yeah. go back through my, the memories of my head that go back to 1989. So Gray Fox is basically like, uh, I'm saved or, you know, thanks for rescuing me. I'm Gray Fox. Uh, yeah. Uh, Metal Gear is a, a walking battle tank that can launch a nuclear missile from any point from the planet. And, um, I don't know how much else he, is, he says. I mean, really, that's the big thing is he just tells you what Metal Gear is. And I think he, he gives you the next tip. I think he's the one that says that it was designed by Dr. Petrovich. Yeah. And you need find to find him because he's the only one that knows how to destroy it. Exactly. And then um, in my mind, I was like, I, I, I automatically out loud said the word like when he said Metal Gear, I was like, Metal Gear. Like Metal to Gear? myself, to myself in the room. And I was like, oh, 
Like, you know of the Metal it. Gear project? And I was like, no, this is I my first like, Metal Gear mission. I thought maybe like you can keep going back to him and he'll tell you more information. That would be cool. That would be cool like, for an updated if... version of the game. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's this like, is the you... one and only conversation before he disappears forever. Yeah, because like, I don't because you know what? There's no context to like how far he got into the mission. That's true, but he's captured in the basement of building one. Mm-hmm. He got captured three days earlier. Only the, the prisoners in Building 1 seem to know about him. In fact, they even hint that Petrovich was being stored in Building 1 until he got transferred to Building 2. Mm-hmm. I bet he didn't get past the first building, if, I, if we were kind of just speculating. Yeah, because, like, I, I, like, I was thinking to myself, like, all right, I got no context. And um, he's telling me to go find the doctor. And yeah. I was like, all right, like, how do I, like, where do I go to next? And I was, like, thinking to myself, like, how do I get out of the room again? Well, you just open the door. Yeah, exactly. I was like looking around, going like, "How do I get out? How do I get out? How do I get out?" But for some reason, my computer it was just like not showing me the door. I don't know if it was like maybe oh, something. Oh, I, I should... wonder if like just chopped off the bottom of the screen just barely. I think it did because like I should have taken a picture of it. And for like the longest time, I was like, I was like, I can't see. Like, where's the bottom of the screen? So I just like blindly like just went down to exit. To leave Gray Fox, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Like, why am I leaving Gray Fox? Like, shouldn't he like be joining me, or do I go Did back?" Did you walk for up him? to him and start trying to punch him a few times? No, I should have. I should have. I was like, "This I is." Like, he likes that kind of stuff. This is the battle that starts it all. <laughs> it's like I punched you while you were like down on your luck in the a, basement. A prisoner. Yeah. I was like, it's this funny is because the, the prisoner that tells you about Gray Fox says he's he's unharmed. It was caught, the fox hander that infiltrated three days mm-hmm. ago got captured, but he's unharmed. But then, if you look at the uh, uh, user manual to Metal Gear, he has like mm-hmm. a bandage around his head. Yeah, so I'm like, so, that's not unharmed. I, I think he got hit a few times, or like the guard just hit him with the butt of his gun. Probably the, back of the head. Like, I bet Gray Fox really liked it. He... <laughs> like, oh, hurt me more, hurt me more, like, gods. No thanks. Yeah, because like for him, it's like. Because the manual, it's like the man with the codename Gray Fox, he's considered to be part of Foxhound's best due to his combat ability and intelligence. He is, oh my god, this thing looks so bad. And he has a bandage wrapped he around his head multiple times, so like he really got tortured badly. Yeah, he actually he has a bandage over his head, and he looks like his face is all like cut up. It looks, it like, looks like that, but I think that's nose. just a really bad mustache. I don't think it can grow a mustache like a man. Oh no! I was thinking like on his nose, like it looks like. No, I think this is just the shape, the shadow, the shadow. For some reason, I it like, could be. His face looks nose. messed up. Definitely, there's definitely something wrong with his face. Yeah, and then it's like he's given the coding Fox the highest honor in Foxhound. Like he's supposed to be like this great, basically Foxhounder. Again, we're we're talking about an eight-bit video game from yeah. 1987 that started. That's got some genre tropes in it. The more we try to deconstruct it, the, the more it falls apart a little bit. The, yeah, the, exactly. the big, bad, experienced veteran soldier Gray Fox can't infiltrate Outer Heaven, but Snake, who's a green rookie, can, can get to the end, no problem. But you know what? Um, the more you get into the game, the more you kind of realize, like, oh, he's set up to fail. We're all yeah. set up to fail. The it more could you go be that Big Boss game. sent in Gray Fox, and then, yeah. like, literally, it was like, you know, enter this room, and then he had, like, 30 guards in there, like, pointing guns at Gray Fox. And then suddenly Gray Fox's veteran soldier was captured. And then he sends in Solid Snake, who's a rookie, and goes, mm-hmm. okay, 
because he admits later in the game, he says, I sent you in to, to, to report false intelligence. Yeah. But you actually made it too far in, into outer heaven and you figured out too much and, and now I have to kill you. Yeah, no, exactly. And then I so think that, you can always, yeah, you, know, you kind of break it down and, and figure what may or may not have happened. That's probably what happened. I bet he sent in Fox, Gray Fox to get captured. Mm hmm. Because uh, that was the the best soldier he had, and then he sent in Solid Snake, the worst soldier he had, to like report false intelligence and not figure things out properly. Exactly. And uh, it just Pro- turned out that Solid Snake was just too darn good. Well, probably just like maybe possibly just get up to rescuing Gray Fox and then leaving. Like you couldn't continue. Perhaps on. that too. That's where maybe he was thinking. Perhaps that too. It's hard to tell, but yeah. you you leave that cell and then mm-hmm. you. Um, are in the basement and you kind of enter a door and then you encounter who I call. I I swear on the NES, I, I swear he was called Shot Gunner. Yeah. What was he's he shot called? Gunner. He's Shotgunner? He's Shotgunner. He's, he says like, I'm Shotgunner. And but I swear like they've changed it over the years. Like I've also heard that he's Shoot Gunner. And I swear I've even heard another version where he's like, um, can't think of what it is i can't think of what it is but uh i feel like his name shot maker oh no that's gonna say like he was shotgunner and it was something like um no one's escaped this prison and i remember like going online he was supposed to be some kind of like warden for that prison am i wrong that makes sense he, he's really the only guard on the prison level yeah. other than dogs and then i'm thinking like why didn't you just call him um shot maker I think that's what he he's called now. Oh, okay. When I played the game, yeah, it it translated as shot maker, but mm. I know him as shot gunner from the that's, NES. Yeah. So I, I get a little confused with the names because they've changed them over the years. Yeah, because I kind of like I I was like, oh, you're shot gunner, and from the way like um, his weapon is like shooting out, it looks like a yeah. Shotgun. He's using buckshot. Yeah, that's and crazy. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm really like running in circles, going like, this guy's shooting at me. I have no weapons. I can't punch him. And then I was it like, it didn't occur to you to run behind the crates? I did. That's the first thing I did. I immediately make a beeline but, for the crates and I go, oh, okay, good. I'm going to wait for an opening and then I'm going to check the doors. But he kind of keeps shooting. Like, he doesn't like let up with the shooting. As soon as he sees a glimpse of you, it's like, bam, 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 bam. But he's not sh- I know. He doesn't it's, like. And he's kind of like the Ocelot character where you go down to the prison to rescue. Yeah. Kenneth Baker and there's Revolver Ocelot who's just shoots, 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 but because that's a little further into the future, he also reloads. Yeah. But Shotmaker, no, he has infinite ammo. I, that's why that's what I was saying. Like, I was like, wait a minute, like he's gonna lose um he's gonna lose out on ammo. Like I'm gonna wait for him to reload and then I'm gonna attack him. And well, then so, I, what, did you run up to him and try to punch him? Yeah. How did me. that work out? Does me. it work? I actually did like um, some damage from the punches, but he just keeps shooting, shooting, shooting that I just die. And yeah, I, I would imagine you don't have enough health to make that no. strategy work. Um, yeah, because like I always try to do is like, because he kind of like shoots like in like almost like three different directions, like from where you are, where you're supposed to step to next, and where you possibly might get to to get past the first two shots. From That's how I right. played it. And then I was like, all right, there's a pattern there. So I kind of let him see me first 
to do that initial shot. And that's when I was starting to run after him to attack him. And then, and then luckily, like for my mindset, like I am like a, a worry wart when it comes to like saving because I'm always thinking like my system could break, I could shut down, power could go out. Let me. Save I think you reported after. that on your first playthrough. You, you, you. I asked you how's the progress coming along, and I think you said your your laptop died. And yep, and I saved before it happened because like um, my screen started like the, the 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 brightness started changing rapidly. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna save real quick because I think my laptop's dying. And I didn't plug, I didn't plug it in. And in my house, um, I have a, I have a 15 month old, and she, I, we don't have like any outlets or like we can get to like quickly, like everything's like locked up. So all my power surges are like locked. I still up. have plastic covers in most of my outlets. It's a huge pain in the butt to try to find anything. Oh yeah, outlets are covered, and all my surge protectors are in a plastic box with like two bolts on each end. That I had to like unlock at the same time to like open it. So I was like, I didn't even have enough time to do that. So yeah, every time I like when I play this game, like if I get to a milestone, I'll just save. Just in case I have to stop. And for I say as soon as, as soon as I rescued Prey Fox, I saved, and that's when I kept like returning as my like return point. I was like, all right, that strategy didn't work. And it took me like um three times to realize like I should go to those doors. Because I, um, I think Gray Fox gives you a card. Uh, no, no. He, no? he doesn't give you a card. There's two doors uh, below oh, okay. Shotmaker, and one of them has your equipment, and the other one has key card three. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so they're yeah. open doors. All right, I'm sorry. So you get your equipment, and what was your yeah. strategy for attacking him? What weapon did you use to kill him? Um, I used the missile. Ah, good Cause choice. Because you know what? <laughs> okay, three times to attack him without weapons four times to attack him with weapons because I actually stood my ground with the machine gun. And I was like, I'm going to blow you away, shotgun boy. And then I died. I'm sure there's a lot of kids who, who did that very strategy when they were kids. But like me, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to hide behind the crates where he doesn't go and can't shoot. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to, he's going to see remote controlled missiles coming from out from behind the crates. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to know that he's dead. Well, I first like, um, cause that, that was like, my last straw i was like all right go back to what i was originally doing i was hiding from him where was i hiding from the crates and then for some reason i thought like, if i shoot the missile will he move to a different part of the room but he doesn't he just stays in one spot so it's just like the missile comes out like i'm going and then i, I yeah i know i'm not like i don't want to break and then that's the end much. of shot maker yeah the, like the person who says like no one's ever escaped this prison i go like well guess what did anybody ever check the doors for the, the confiscated equipment <laughs> probably not probably like, let me just wait to this guy to like reload oh never reloads damn he's not a very good warden the 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 door to gray fox's prison cell is unlocked you can just open it mm-hmm. the door to the your equipment room where your equipment's been confiscated is just open you can just <laughs> grab your equipment the only thing clever he may have done is he put a transmitter in your in your equipment. Yeah, which that was the first thing that I saw like when I got my equipment back. I went so through my what, in- inventory. Did you grab it immediately? Yeah, because like that was the one thing like I don't remember picking up ever before. And I was like, why is there I think it says you, you said transmitter. Bug. Sometimes it says yeah, it bug. Says bug. Sometimes it says, it says transmitter. Bug. Mine said bug, and I was like, that doesn't belong there. And um and the then, moment you click on it, it just goes away. It disappears. So I you know what that right. does, though, right? What is it supposed to do? I was going to ask you that. So uh, 
I, I, I'm a sucker. I, I'm always like trying to not use rations. And, mm-hmm. and uh, when I get my equipment back, the first thing I do is equip the missile and, and kill him with the missile. And, yeah. and then, you know, I, I usually equip my pistol or, or, or plastic explosives and work my way through the, the, the basement. But once you get back up to one of the floors in building one, yeah. the guards on the screen are immediately alerted the moment you enter the screen, whether they see you or not. Oh, okay, okay. So you're walking through like any of the levels and like just suddenly all the guards go into alert and start chasing you and shooting at you. Yeah, and like, what I was gonna... is going on? Like, even me as a veteran of the game, sometimes that catches me off guard. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, oh the bug. That's right. Bug. Yeah, like, um, and then harkens back to like, well, harkens forward to uh, to the third one, where I think you actually do have like a bug on you, a snake. I don't remember and that, but I look forward to playing it again and remembering. You have to dig it out with a fork in your body, I believe. Oh yeah, I, I forgot who puts it on you, but someone puts it on you when you get. I bet it was Ocelot. Yeah. I'm willing to bet it was Ocelot. So it's like <laughs> all these things like from the from the beginning, like they're all like kind of like repurposed, retooled, and reused for yeah. later generations. It's cool. Like but Kojima's like, okay, I, I can I can do this in a more interesting way now mm-hmm. on you know newer hardware. And it's always fun to see the the evolution, like where it began with the original Metal Gear and like where it'll eventually go to with with latter games like i hopefully we won't forget to discuss anything but i swear there's like things that happen in the original metal gear that mm-hmm. you don't you don't even see again in the series probably until like metal gear solid 5 off the top of my head i can't think of any examples but i'm sure there's something in there that's like oh yeah you, you don't even do that till metal gear solid 5 when he tries to do that again <laughs> off the top of my head what though i can't think of, of anything wait a minute like was there something I think there is. Uh, I, I'm thinking of something really specific, but I can't. I have forgotten it in this very moment that we're talking. That's always. I'm sure case. it'll come to me after we stop recording, and I'll go. Damn it! That's always the case. <laughs> that always happens. Yeah. But um. All right. So shot. So shot maker, and then you go through the uh, uh, basement of building one where there's the maze, and you use the plastic explosives. Mm-hmm. You get some more equipment down there. I think you get the enemy uniform. Yes. Um, I think the body armor's down there too, but you might not be able to get it yet. Um, you, you can get some weapons refills down there. I think there's plastic explosives and ammunition down there. I can't remember what's in the middle of the maze. It might just be another prisoner. I think it is another prisoner. I think he's supposed to like... Um... I don't know if he tells you like another person to contact. Probably. Does he tell you to contact Jennifer? Or am I jumping forward? more i i'm not sure at some point a, a prisoner does say contact jennifer yeah. for um or, or and I, I think another prisoner even says like jennifer will only speak to you if you're a highly decorated she's very picky about mm-hmm. who she shares info with yeah because like some of the prisoners are really chatty and they'll tell you like yeah almost a lot they, of they usually uh, give you information on like what you need to proceed next in the game um yeah all I, I can't is- remember exactly what happens there. I don't think it's too terribly important to the plot, but like you basically mm-hmm. once you get out of the prison area, you kind of almost have a run of the base, except for key card four. Mm-hmm. You have key cards one, two, and three, and suddenly you can go into where you're supposed to go next, which is kind of floor two, mm-hmm. where you can look around, you get the infrared goggles, uh, you rescue some more prisoners, your rank goes up, and you fight the machine gun kid. Oh my god. Yeah. I kind of wish, like, I kind of wish, like, these, like, bosses had, like, 
um, either like ironic quips or like some type of quips like after their names to kind of like yeah. keep going with it. Especially they're like, usually like, "I'm the machine gun kid. You will not mm-hmm. proceed. Die." Yeah, yeah. It's usually, yeah. It's like that because like I think I'm trying to remember like what he says like I'm machine gun kid. I think he says like I'm the best. He might say something like that. Yeah, I guess it depends like that. on what version of the game you play because they, they always tweak the dialogue and make yeah. it like a little more interesting each That's time they I translate it. That's what I noticed. Like even though like I got like um, two different versions, the um, the, but they both say MSX on it. They both kind of like almost like start up the same. Uh, the PC one versus the one I have in the PS3, like the names are kind of like, like you were saying, like you were saying like Shotgunner or Shotmaker. The names are actually do change between the two systems because like the one Machine Gun Kid is one of the few ones that doesn't change, I think. No, it's kind of like iconic for the, for, yeah. for this character, like for Machine Gun The Kid. Nintendo version or the uh, the translation of the M- in msx game that was like on you know fan translated on roms and emulators or you know the one you played on subsistence he's he's never changed he's always been the machine gun kid yeah and um i was gonna say like the layout of the room can you like describe it again yeah 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 basically you enter a room that has like Mm. um aisles Yes. There are uh, uh, three stone pillars that run the, the length of the room, the, uh, up and down. Yeah. He's on the north side of the room. You're on the south side of the room. And how did you how did you take out the machine gun kid? Well, for him, it's like because I didn't. I was like I was trying to remember like play other room, because like for him, it was just a shootout with him. I was just waiting for him to kind of like bust out and like start shooting, and then I would just like match like what he was shooting at me and just like eating rations like constantly. So for him, it was just like um shot for shot we were just going at it and like yeah i could have like maybe like cheese the game like i could use the missile to like but i wanted to like the way to do it yeah but that's the way to do it pull out the remote control (laughs) missiles and take out the machine gun i kind of wanted to struggle i was like i want to struggle i want to fight this kid that's fair enough that's fair enough i i I remember stories from my youth i think my brother Mm -hmm. he was like uh we had like a a a nintendo controller that had like a turbo button i want to say yeah and I remember him describing, like, flicking the turbo button, equipping his pistol mm-hmm. or machine gun, and just, like, running to the f- top of the room and just taking out the machine gun kid almost instantly with turbo. Oh, yeah. But I have always used the remote control missiles to, to take him out. I don't <laughs> think he's ever uh, gotten a single point of health off me once over the last 30 years. <laughs> well, I was, I'm going off my, like my first initial playthrough. Like the ones after, it's like, all right, now I know what to do. Now I'm just going to use the remote control <laughs> missile on every human I encounter. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I also feel like I want to get into like get into like the like the story and like and everything. I was like, I'm going to have a shootout yeah. with the kid. Yeah, it was almost like kind of like a western. It was like because the fact that he called himself machine gun, forget machine gun. There's no machine guns in the western, but like kid. Yeah, kid is in his name. It's like, like B- all right, Billy the Billy the yeah. Kid. So I'm like, all right, is this guy supposed to be like like kind of like the rebel of the group like is he gonna like like we're just gonna have like an old-fashioned like kind of like submachine gun like shootout on this floor where like everybody should be able to hear i mean if like... if when they make the metal gear movie they decide to adapt the outer heaven incident yeah i think that that's how that scene should play out like two guys armed with machine guns and who's more talented pretty much yeah. it's like and then um yeah and i keep going back to like with like westerns like I got another like Western thing here. It's like coming to me. Like I had it with the first revolver off. So I was like full on like 
wild west like from his like from his like wardrobe to the weaponry every time i fight uh one of the bosses in the original metal gear i like to yeah. think that from the boss's perspective they're like gary Busey in predator 2 mm. you remember mm. when gary Busey at the end of the movie he's in the meat uh packing plant yeah and he's he's yelling to uh, uh danny glover he's like get out of here harrigan get out of here this is between me and him yeah and he's like armed with like like big machine gun and then suddenly the predator like pulls out this like disc that's like a frisbee oh like yeah. a, a boomerang frisbee mm-hmm. that's just like saw blades and just like throws it through the meat <laughs> cutting down each piece of meat and cutting gary Busey in half yep i like to think every time i fight a boss that's what it's like for them when I, when when they're shooting at me and they think they have the advantage and suddenly a remote control missile comes around the corner <laughs> and hits them. But you know what? They take a lot of those missiles. They do. Like for I'm all these shocked. games, like all these people are like, wow, these people take a lot of grenades. They take a lot of missiles. I don't want to skip ahead too much. I get too, too much off base, but that's actually yeah. how you have to uh, attack Petrovich in, in Metal Gear 2. Oh, okay. He, he yeah. strangles you from behind and the only way <laughs> to attack him is to shoot remote control missiles, navigate them around you and then hit him in the back. Oh, right. Well, you know what? Um, he could take quite a few of those, too, even though he's an old man that looks like Albert Einstein. I think they, like, may have, like, reworked something to explain that. Maybe. I think, I'm, uh, I was well, shocked when he, there's references to him in later games where, like, yes, I'm Raiden, and I'm a cyborg ninja now, and Dr. Madnar made me. I'm like, what the fuck? I, yeah, but... I blew know, up his back with remote control <laughs> missiles. <laughs> but nobody, like, responds to that. Nobody, like, says anything... Like, and I even Solid Snake, he just like, okay. Well, you should really, let's find that audio mm-hmm. recording and put it in the podcast right here. But there's that mm-hmm. audio recording uh, that, that's been pulled from the files of Metal Gear Solid 4. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, it, I want to re- remember correctly, I can't remember if it's Raiden or, or uh, Otacon. I think it's Otacon. Where Otacon contacts Snake by Kodak, old Snake, mm-hmm. and says, Snake, I, I talked to Dr. Madnar. He, he, he wanted to say he- hello. Uh, he wanted to li- let you know that uh, his daughter, Ellen, uh, got, finally got married. You know, she finally met somebody. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Dr. Madnar wanted you to know that, that he's, he's sorry, Snake. And Snake's like, uh, 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 oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Madnar offered Sonny and Naomi his full support. He's going to lend them a dialysis machine. No charge. Hmm. Good to hear. I hear you saved the doctor and his little girl back at Outer Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Always good to help others. That reminds me. Madnar wanted me to tell you. His daughter Ellen is married now. Kids, too. Three of them. One more thing... He said to tell you he's sorry. Um, he tried to kill me, and I blew him up with remote control missiles. Yeah, he's, he's saying it's okay. <laughs> like that doesn't. But you know what? If you're going to like, if, well, I will. I was gonna say like, I will pull that up, and I'm gonna cue it uh, <laughs> around here. Um, I think we're to also to like to believe like what going if you're going to four like we're to believe that uh, with the rapid aging, I think his also his mind. Maybe a little bit. He's, He's like taken. Dr. Madnar. Who the hell is that? I'm like the guy who tried to kill us. Honestly, <laughs> when, when the series 
when the series started referring to him as Dr. Madner, even I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, I remember an Ivan yeah. Petrovich. I don't remember a Dr. Madnar. They kind of do that. But apparently, they, they, at some point, they switched his name around because in Metal Gear, it's Dr. Petrovich. In Metal mm-hmm. Gear 2, Solid Snake, it's Dr. Petrovich Madnar. And then by the time they start referencing that character in the Metal Gear Solid series, they just call him Dr. Madnar. Yeah, I think. Now, I, I have mm-hmm. a theory about this. Here's my theory. Yeah. And I proposed this on Twitter and said, well, how does this make sense mm-hmm. that his last name just changed? My theory is that he's gay. He has a mm-hmm. daughter. I think mm-hmm. he maybe had a wife at some point and, and had a kid. Yeah. Or maybe he adopted. I, I don't know. But I think he's actually gay. And I think later in life, he married a guy named like Steve Madnar. That's probably Steve. Yeah. And, and because he was a professional doctor in the community of robot, mm-hmm. robotics, I think he kept his last name hyphenated for a while. I am Dr. Ivan Petrovich Madnar. And then eventually, once people knew who he was, I think he just went with Dr. Madnar. I can see that. In the, That's the, the only whole... explanation that makes sense to me. Yeah, because like, it, there's been like so many times like they've gone to the past and kind of like changed everything to fit the future. Yeah, like uh, when we play the next game, you'll see that... Uh, You'll be surprised because uh, Master Miller's in Metal Gear 2, but he's like, he's Asian. Yes. And then and in Metal Gear Solid, he's a white guy with blonde hair and glasses. <laughs> and then he, yeah. he remains that throughout the Metal Gear Solid series, even though in Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, he's, he's like an Asian guy. Yeah, and I think like in, um, I think it goes all the way to Peace Walker where we're like told yeah. his backstory. And he's from Japan, and they incorporated mm-hmm. that into his backstory, even though they, they've kind of whitewashed him a little bit. They, they mm-hmm. still kept his heritage kind of uh, Japanese. Yeah, I mean... I think so it's good that they, they tried. Yeah, and it's like probably another reason why we need to, like, we need to update the originals. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean they, a lot of people like to give Twin Snakes crap, but it did seem like Twin Snakes tried to iron out the continuity a little bit. I remember at some mm. point in the Twin Snakes, somebody calls Ocelot Shalashaska. Yes. Which I don't think they do in the original Metal Gear Solid, and he wasn't actually ever officially called that until Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, because I think um, the torture scene. Yeah. I think in Twin Snakes, he refers his the code name, not the code name, but the nickname he was given for the what he's, what he's done in torturing was yeah. uh, Shalashaska. And it's, I was a, it's like, a fun way to go back and kind of smooth the continuity over. You kind of like kind of like Mandela Mandela like affect it because you play the second one in order to go to Twin Snakes, mm-hmm. and you forget about that. Yeah, that was never in the first one for uh, PlayStation. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. That I mean that that might be a valid reason to go back and remake it. But my my feeling is if you go back and remake any of these games, Kojima's not involved. No, and then people are going to like be in an uproar. Yeah, so they've got his story, they've got his ideas, they've got his characters. I mean, Konami could remake Metal Gear, and I'm sure it'd be a fantastic game, and it'd probably sell really well, but, you know, Kojima wouldn't be involved, and it, as a fan of the series, that's just kind of bittersweet to me. Like, the soul is not yeah. there. He's the heart of the series. He's the brain behind the series. You can go back and remake his his games, because you, mm-hmm. you have the script, you have the characters, you have the character design, you have the level design, you have the music. You have all that stuff. You have the twists and turns. We're going to buy it because we're already fans of the series, but mm-hmm. you you don't have the original creator there. You don't have that spark. And 
to me that's that makes it a little a little more empty yeah i know but you know what it's kind of like where that thing where you gotta like kind of almost like graduate to his next that's course. true he he'd wanted to graduate um you know with uh with dignity yeah he'd wanted to pass the series on to like his protege and let his protege write and direct them while he kind of produced them and helped out a little bit but he wanted to move on to other things and i wish he'd i kind of wish he'd been allowed to do that rather than how things had ended for the next uh, like the games afterwards like i would definitely like i'm gonna throw in the tidbits like there was issues for that reason and it's like it's even maddening for some of them where it's it's like you kind of want to tell people like it's just a video game yeah don't go nuts on these people that work on it yeah they're doing it they're doing it for a paycheck but you know they're also doing it because like these keep getting sequels because these are successful games yeah so appreciate the next one don't just like automatically write it off because that's happened to so many creators i like like so we you kill the machine gun kid and you're pretty much at the point where you know you check a few doors but you're pretty much ready to go up to the rooftop Mm mm-hmm and uh, you, you navigate the rooftop. I think there's some remote controlled missiles up there. There's, there's some prisoners up there. Here's the funny part. On the rooftop of Building One in Metal Gear, mm-hmm. there are prisoners who say, you need a parachute to jump down to the courtyard. Yes. Is that just a standard operating procedure in Outer Heaven? If you want to get down to the know. courtyard, you have to jump off the yeah. roof with a, with a, with a, a there's, parachute. There's no staircase. I thought maybe I was going to have to rappel <laughs> down. I was like, all right. How about this? How about the prisoner says to access the courtyard, you need key card four, which mm-hmm. ironically is in the courtyard. I don't, I don't know how that worked out, but like, I did like the parachuting though. That idea was of like, fun. Wait a parachute, like, wait a minute. It's like, I haven't done that. So did that feel natural to you? You get the parachute in your equipment. It's in mm-hmm. one of the rooms. You you explore the entire roof and you fight a you fight a hind D up there. How did you, how did you feel fighting the hind D on the roof? And what did you do? Well, for he, for the hind D, which I don't know, like it didn't really like introduce like the helicopter didn't introduce itself. Like anybody in the loudspeaker going you know, like I'm gonna shoot you down, Solid Snake. Um, no one said anything. There was just a helicopter just like appeared, and I said to myself like Holy shit! I was like, Where did this helicopter come from? And then it was just I was up like, there. Yeah, exactly. Just like just just like hovering. The the blades yeah. like I can see the blades spinning. And then it's just just starts shooting. And for some reason I end up like in the bottom of the screen. So mm, I, bad I, choice. I, exactly. Bad I, choice. I, I be like to the top. Where there's like there's like like almost like where the gun can't even go in that direction. Yeah. If you stand in front of the crate mm-hmm. on it, the left side of the screen on the you know to the left of the hind d it can't shoot you if you're yeah. in front standing in front of the crate closest to the hind d it, you're in its blind <laughs> spot and that's usually what everybody does who plays metal gear yeah that's what i learned like because i was actually watching the garden turret like kind of like follow me and then i just stopped i was like oh yes like this is where i'm like gonna like shoot it down basically and um i used the lo- i used the, the, the launcher at it the grenade what? launcher? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I use. I think that's the only way you can destroy it. I'm not sure because I've never tried yeah, to use my. I didn't try. I never tried to use pistol. plastic explosives. I never yeah. tried to use remote controlled missiles. For some reason, I'm just like grenade launcher. That's that's what you yeah, gotta use. Yeah, because like when you equip it, it kind of like shows you the target. 
And it's and like was, per- the perfect spacing. Exactly. You stand in the blind spot. Yeah, because I, I didn't bother, like, I didn't, like, equip a gun. I didn't equip, like, anything else. Because, like, all right, that's only going like, to shoot, like, in front of me. I need something to, like, go over and then drop down. And that's what I use. I use, I think it's called, like, launcher. I don't think it's called grenade launcher. You might be right. I think they may yeah. have just called it, like, a uh, launcher or something like that. But it's, or, it's the one that yeah. lops grenades in the air and, and lands yeah. them on whatever you're shooting at. Usually just vehicles. But um, I don't I don't want to spoil anything. But in the new Top mm-hmm. Gun movie, there's a hind D mm-hmm. and uh, a hind D versus a person, no less. Oh, and it's okay. fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of showcasing like this, what it could be on screen. And, yeah, and- it like literally I'm watching the new Top Gun movie and I'm watching a hind D versus a person. And like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my you life. Know what? He, yes. And it's, then it's not a hard boss fight no. once you know the, the, the blind spot of the hind D and you, you know to use the grenade launcher. And then you, you. So did you just quit the parachute and jump off the roof? Yeah, that's what the next thing I did. Well, first okay. of all, like, there was after- never any point. It's like, do I jump here? What do I do here exactly? No, I just. Um, just equip the parachute and kind of just like go towards like where i'm supposed to go and it does like it does like the animation where it's like it's it's showing me like falling but i didn't like you got the parachute that's the same size as you and you're yeah giant bricks behind you and you're just kind of like going down the screen over and over again until you're in the courtyard funny story my last playthrough that i did of metal gear just Mm -hmm. this week uh, in preparation for this podcast i talked to a prisoner on the roof and i could have sworn the prisoner on the roof said you need a parachute to get down to the courtyard. Here it is. And then I checked my inventory because I remembered mm. the parachute icon in your inventory and I didn't yeah. see it. Oh. And I thought to myself, well, uh, maybe maybe the subsistence version of the game is updated where like... It's in a just room. Had a, maybe you have the parachute now. And so I went to that cl- the edge of the roof yeah. and I jumped off without the parachute. <laughs> And uh, the death screen they give you is on the floor of the courtyard and level one amongst the dogs in the dirt, in the courtyard, you die. You can actually go off it without the parachute. Yeah. And when you die, you're in the courtyard. Oh my God. That's good. That's kind of a cool detail. I didn't know. about. I didn't know about that. I didn't even try like, Oh, what happens if I just like, I thought like maybe Maybe you were going to think like, oh, it just auto equips. I just like, I was kind of thinking that I'm like, well, the subsistence version is updated. The prisoner Mm. literally, I could have sworn he just told me, here's the parachute you needed to get down. I didn't see it in my inventory, but that's, I was like, okay, well, I, I think I heard him right. I'm going to jump off the roof. No, I I equipped the parachute. And as I'm like going down, which is kind of like, give me like, um, like Mario vibes. I don't know why as I'm going down, I could kind of hear like, that's yeah, the, the background. That's the first time the background is kind of like this flat two D image yeah. that's just kind of bricks are passing you, or or you're passing mm. bricks as you fall through the screen, and uh, like it's just a, it's just a fun animation. But you get down to the courtyard, and um, you can there's some mines down there too, and there's guard mm-hmm. dogs, and there's trucks, and you can check the trucks, and I think that might be where you find key card fours in the in the back of the truck. Yes, and then you go to this small room in the courtyard where a prisoner is, and you're expecting Dr. Petrovich because a prisoner elsewhere in the building had said Dr. Petrovich is being held in the courtyard of building one. Mm-hmm. And you get down there, you go into the prison cell. It's not him. It's somebody else. And that somebody else says, oh, they've moved Dr. Petrovich. He's now in building two. 
So mm-hmm. that's basically the point in the game where you leave building one, kind of make your way north. What, uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of leaving building one and going outside and facing the, the elements of the desert and the natural wildlife? Are we talking about the, um, the scorpions? We are talking about okay, the scorpions okay. I was like, that are I think all it was like, did over I go the too fast? Did I go too fast? I was thinking, I was like, did I go too fast? Like, are we at the you scorpions this, already? You have this four by three television screen image and it's mm. it's desert. Yeah. And you've got building one, it's at the very bottom of the screen. And I think there might be a truck or two. I, I can't yeah. remember exactly. And there are scorpions everywhere. I immediately started trying to punch the scorpions or if I could <laughs> step on them. Which started hurting me. My health started going down. I was like, I can squash these scorpions in my boots. And I was like, it's not working. Oh no! I think my I think my tactic is the only thing you can do. Some people will equip their machine gun and just kind of mow them down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I grew up a fan of Star Trek, so I try to respect life. So what I do is I hug the side of the screen, and the moment a scorpion darts at me, yeah. I jump to the other Go screen, to the next one, which is the exact same screen. <laughs> It just repeats over and over again, but I'll, I'll jump to the left or the right screen, which is just the same screen, but you're on the other side. All the scorpions are reset, and suddenly the ones on that side of the screen will start jumping at you, and I slowly kind of inch my way north until I'm past the scorpions. Yeah, that, that's after, like, I couldn't, like, take care, like, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't kill the scorpions. I started doing that because I was like, oh, wait, when you jump in and out, they kind of, like, reset, and mm-hmm. you got room to run, so that. The whole entire time, like running north, it's just like screen, 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 screen. It's crazy. There are f- like four screens of scorpions yeah. in desert, and y- you start to get into this mindset of like, is something wrong? Like, mm. I keep going north, screen by screen by screen, and it's just desert and scorpions, and you really feel like that's all it's going to be forever. Yeah. Until eventually, you get to the fifth screen, and it's just desert. There's no scorpions. But then uh, you start getting tank shells flying past you. Oh, yeah. I thought they were like mortar shells, like shooting down at me. Cause, like, they might be. I think some tanks I, do have like mortars and stuff. But I can kind of hear like the, the dropping of them oh, coming. The... No, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. do it with my mouth right now. But yeah, so that was happening. I was like, oh, crap. It's like someone's shooting at me. And I immediately. Okay, so you, you get to, there's kind of a, uh, a yellow brick mm. uh, fence or, or, or wall. Um, and there's a tank between them. What mm-hmm. what did you do, and how, how did you know to do it? Uh, well, by then I ran out of like missiles. I thought I'm not, I I'm, I'm not even sure the missiles work. I think no. there's only one weapon that works against it. And it was like trial and error. Like bullets can't hurt this tank. So I was like, mines. Like where do I place the mines? That was the next thing that came to me. And um, I started, I thought like maybe from like left to right, I should just drop mines and like kind of go back and forth, back and forth. And that actually got me killed faster than anything else. So, well, sure, because you're running in front of the tank, which has two yeah. guns on either side shooting at you. Exactly. So then I was like, pick a side and just go like north to south, boop, 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 drop mines, take cover. And from that, that, that was the strategy. So it was like the second time. All right, so the tank blows up. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the few villains in the original Metal Gear that you can't use remote-controlled missiles on. You have to use landmines to take out the tank. 
you go to the next screen and it's kind of like uh, the, the front of building two. There's some crates. There's some soldiers standing guard. Mm-hmm. You get a call from Big Boss and Big Boss says you need to put on the enemy uniform to infiltrate the base. Yeah. So you, you put it on and they're basically like, okay, you can pass. And the door opens for you. Yeah, because like, because when I walk to that screen, it automatically says like, I think they're talking to each other, saying like, "Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah." Somebody from Fox they say that there's a, a fox has infiltrated our base. Yep, it's yep. Like, be on the lookout. And I was like, "Oh crap!" And, from and then there, you get the call. I got the call, and I was like, "All right, feed me some information, boss. What do I do here?" And then it's like, "Oh yeah, put on the uniform." I was like, "No way that could work." I was like, "I think they would know like every single guard what they look like." Well, that's funny. I mean, you're absolutely right. These are patrol guards. They should have pictures and dossiers on everybody in the base. They should know everybody there. Yeah. If, if you pass them in a guard uniform or you're dressed as a colonel, they should say, yeah. uh, Colonel, uh, what's what's your name? Uh, I'm sorry. I need to make a phone call. But they don't. They just open the door and let you right in. Yeah, they go like, proceed. And I thought like I thought I had to walk a certain way, so I went like very uniform. I just, As soon as he lets me proceed, I just went like straight forward and then went like straight up. Like, I didn't like. Deviate. I like to. I like to run in circles <laughs> around them a couple of times before I go in. Yeah, but that's just me. That's just me. Now, here's the question I have. Mm-hmm. So, you, the enemy uniform, let you get past those guys. Did you try to continue walking in front of enemy soldiers in Building Two? Yes, I did. Were in the enemy I, uniform? Yes, I thought I was disguised. I was like, yes, like now I can go anywhere I want. Kind of like and- you're, you're in Granny's lab <laughs> in Metal Gear Solid Three, and you have the lab coat on with your bandana. Exactly. Did it work? No. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't only work. works in those three guards. Yeah. Now I was thinking myself, like, why doesn't it work in all these other guards? Like, why can't I just like, oh yeah, that's um that's a new guy. It's like he's reporting in. He's okay. Go ahead, new guy, keep walking. And I want to talk about I want to talk about building two, because building one, there's a really good logic to building one. Mm-hmm. You you swim up on the south side of building one when you first start the game. There's a dock. Mm-hmm. It has a fence, it has tanks, it has crates. Um, it has a garage door and the garage door has been left open. You go into building one on floor one of building one. There are tanks, there are vehicles, there's, uh, other garage doors that are closed. You get the impression that this is like a tank hanger or, or a, a vehicle hanger. Yeah. You go up to floor two or floor three. There's no tanks or vehicles because no tanks or vehicles don't drive on floor two or floor three. They drive on the ground floor. There's a logic to it. There's uh, a prisoner, uh, uh, area in the basement. There's a courtyard, and on floor two and floor three, there are screens in the middle that you cannot access because, in theory, that's where the courtyard sky is. Mm -hmm. There's a a, a huge logic to building one. You walk into building two, and there's like a drainage channel right in front of you, right from the get-go? Yep. Uh, I I try to, like, can you, like, submerge yourself? That's the first thing. First playthrough. I thought maybe I can swim underneath, so swim under the water. I was like, how deep is this? That's why well, I first started the, the, the water at the beginning is not very deep, right? It's no. just like it comes up to your hips. Yeah, it's very, like, shallow. And, and th- the, it's the water channel that leads to the door that accesses the rest of the base, which is kind of weird. Yeah, so it's like, where's this, like, why is this water here and where's it coming from? And for some reason, I, when I first walked in, I was like, why is there a swimming pool? in the base like what what did you just walk into like, once you get deeper into outer heaven they're a lot more relaxed they have tiki torches they have martinis <laughs> they have an open bar soldiers are wearing hawaiian shirts it's a lot more relaxed in outer heaven uh, just another thought, do- day in the war without end 
And I thought, like, if I'm in the water, they can't see me because some reason, like, I thought they're like elevated. Yeah, I thought they were I thought elevated. So too. I, I thought they were elevated, and there's like these uh, gates on either side of you when you're in the water area. Yeah. Like, well, that's like uh, that's like a waterproof uh, wall or mm-hmm. something. I, I would assume that the guards can't see you, but they can see. They can you. see you, and they can and sh- they shoot at you when they see you, and they shoot you in, from anywhere in that room. Where mm-hmm. if I try to shoot at them, it doesn't go at them. Yeah, you shoot a bullet at them, and it it goes about three inches and stops. Whereas yeah, an enemy guard in Metal Gear shoots at you, and it goes all the way across the screen. So that's where I came into the. That's where I came into play. Like I thought they were elevated because like I'm trying to shoot at them, but I'm hitting a wall. Like that doesn't make any sense. So that's when I started the whole. I gotta run, even if they notice me. Just run and get through these doors. So you you uh, I I forget what the when you first enter the building you can follow the the path and there's mm-hmm. one guy patrolling it and there's like a room with some equipment in it I don't remember what equipment's in there but you go in the drainage ditch and it leads to another mm-hmm. door and there's a bulldozer yeah I call it the kill dozer oh that's right yeah yeah it's got some some name it might or be something kill dozer. like that it might I mean I don't know if it does have a name it probably people would call it a war dozer. Like Probably. What, they would use. what did so, you do to destroy it, and how did you know to do that? Did you try the landmines uh, for for one? Yes, because it was a vehicle. And what it, happened? No, it didn't work for me. It didn't work did for it me. Crush you against it kept the wall. Coming at me, yeah. yeah. It killed me. I was like, oh, well, that didn't work. What did you try next? And then, um, I think. It wasn't a grenade launcher, was it? It is. It? Oh, it I is? think the grenade okay. launcher is the only thing that kills it. So I must have went through like the elimination. Like I thought maybe <clears throat> um, the missiles would do it, but that didn't do it. It killed me again. Mm-hmm. So the grenade launcher is like, yeah, because I don't think you don't use a grenade launcher like that much. But it, I feel like it was a lot for like um, vehicles you yeah. use it against. And I think that's like one of two to use against them. I'd imagine in theory the bulldozer, like it's a cup in the front of it, yeah. it's like thick metal that you probably can't shoot through. Because like, remember Lethal Weapon Three at the end of it, mm-hmm. where you're in the construction site and Mel Gibson, he's got the he's shooting at the bulldozer and the bad guys coming at him. Yeah, and he raises his bulldozer uh, scooper, and Mel Gibson, he's got his Beretta, he can't shoot through the bulldozer scooper, and then yep. I think Murtaugh tosses him, him a machine, machine gun, gun that has armor piercing bullets. Yep, to kind and of he like get it back right through him. it. Yeah, like right, like like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, but you don't have army piercing bullets in, in nope. Metal Gear, so you have to just kind of lop grenades over it and kill the driver. <laughs> but don't you wish you had like a Murtaugh to come out of nowhere and be like, that would be great. <laughs> Thanks. You, you, unfortunately, you'd have to wait until police nuts until you have a Murtaugh. Oh, yeah. In, in Metal Gear, right. uh, uh, Mel Gibson does not have a Murtaugh in Metal Gear. Uh, so you, you just have to lop grenades at the bulldozer. Uh, yeah, and that, that's the only way that I was able to like get past that because like, yeah, two times, one with line mines, yeah. and one with the with the missiles. And I was like, so then you you proceed into building two. <clears throat> there is a <clears throat> excuse me. There's a elevator, and there's some uh, laser trip wires in front of it. Which actually, there, there's some of those in building one. We forgot to mention. But they're, yeah, you, but you can handle them one of two ways. You can either put on elaborate. the infrared goggles to see them, or you could smoke a cigarette. I did. I never equipped the cigarette. I didn't know how to how to equip it and smoke it. Well, you, you just equip it. Oh, and he smokes it. Yeah, he smokes it, and his, his life goes down. 
I probably I probably didn't yeah. wait long but enough. It, it, it'll show the laser tripwires on the screen, and the screen will be oh. in color. Yeah, but your, your health goes down. But if you put on the infrared goggles, the screen goes black and white, except yeah. for the lasers, which are in red, and your health doesn't go down. Yeah, I um, I immediately equipped the uh, IR goggles. Yeah, because as, as soon as I saw uh, all lasers, because yeah, because in this building they're faster and mm-hmm. it's more elaborate for the, for this one versus the building one. It's more elaborate. The, the lasers mm. seem to go faster. And actually, they move. I think in building one, the lasers don't move. Yeah, they don't. They just like stationary. You just navigate the maze of on. lasers yeah. and you don't trip them. But in building two, they're actually changing direction like crazy. And you have to kind of uh, time it right. Now, I never walked in front of the lasers. Do they kill you or do they trip or is it an I, alarm? I could be wrong. I think it just trips the alarm and then okay. soldiers come out of the screen and shoot at you. Gotcha. I thought they're like lasers to actually kill no, you. No, but there are lasers elsewhere in the game that will kill you, and we'll get to those yes. later. <laughs> so that's why I was like, that's what that was my first impression against the lasers. I was like, these lasers will kill me. I, I swear this building has to be like the water reclamation center for outer heaven. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, this oh, is all yeah. where all the soldier pee and poop is. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. This is that building. I, and I think, think that's what that bulldozer's for. I think the bulldozer's like shoving like Shuttles. waste into the, the channel that you just swam through. <laughs> oh no, that's what I've been swimming in the entire time. Yeah, it's just like Shawshank. Oh God. So anyway, uh, you jump into another pit of uh, uh, pee and poo and um, <laughs> to, to proceed. Uh, and then you find a antenna in one of the rooms. And that suddenly like big boss is like, yeah. We, 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 you were jammed for a little bit, but it's all better now. Which there was like, I don't think it was like a signal before that. There was an issue. Was there? Uh, well, here's the thing. Big Boss contacts you outside the, the uh, building too. And then you only go through a few screens before you get the antenna and he says it's all clear now. I think mm-hmm. what happens is that if you call any of your channels mm-hmm. on the screens leading up to the antenna, you, you yeah. don't get a hold of anybody. Oh, okay. Because I didn't. If yeah, no yeah. that's me, the thing. Like, I wouldn't you can call, call them constantly, and sometimes they'll say stuff, and sometimes they won't say stuff. A lot of the times, they'll only say stuff if you're on the boss fight mm-hmm. or you're in a room that has equipment. And Big Boss will be like, that's uh, rations. Uh, you know, you can eat those for health. Or, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Or this is a gas mask. You need it for gas rooms. Like, they'll comment on the items in the room that you go into, but. Usually, when I go into these rooms, I I, I don't bother with calling anybody. Not really. Not <laughs> like, there's some funny ones up. too. Like, if you go into the cardboard box room and you call Big mm-hmm. Boss, Big Boss says, a, "A cardboard box? Is somebody moving?" <laughs> I'm not gonna do that in the next on the next one. Anyway, you get the antenna, it clears up the signal, and suddenly you can call people again if you choose mm-hmm. to call people on every screen. Um, and you kind of proceed your way through building two. And uh, I watched a, a guy play through building two and he did it much more optimally than I normally do. Mm-hmm. He went up to the roof first after the ground floor. Um, okay. And on the roof, you get key card five. I think you rescue some more prisoners that tell you that Petrovich is in the basement. And you can go down to the basement after that. Mm-hmm. And you go through, and I think that's the first time maybe Schneider calls you officially. I think so, and yeah. Schneider calls you from his frequency and says, uh, you need a, a gas mask. You're, you're about to enter some gassy areas. So you, you navigate kind of a maze again, but the, you have to wear a gas mask as well. And I think you knock down some walls in building two basement as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you rescue some more prisoners and you eventually find Petrovich. And what happens when you find 
Dr. Petrovich. He immediately just goes like, I, I don't know if he says like, I am not Petrovich or like die Fox out or just like, that's exactly what like, he does. He yeah. says basically he, like, I am not the real Petrovich. He he's, extends his hands out. Like he's going to hug you. Yeah. And, and the then uh, the pitfall opens up and he falls through the pitfall. And you have to run away real quickly so it doesn't get you too, but it's hilarious. No, no it got me. Because I yeah. wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, good, I found him. I went up to him. The, the further you get into Metal Gear, the more pitfalls they throw into the game. It's a nightmare. Yeah, and then I was like, I was, after he killed him, I was like, did he just like, did he have a bomb on him? Was this a suicide bomb? Because that's what I thought. Like, he blew me up. I was like, what the hell is this? Here's the tip-off. Mm-hmm. When you go into the room where Pet, that fake Petrovich is being held yeah there are boxes around him and the boxes around him are the exact same shape and size as those pitfalls and that's that's your key that he's Mm -hmm. he's standing over some kind of a a, a trap yeah so like uh, on my second like revisit okay yeah he he dies he he obviously kills himself through the pitfall trying to get you as well so I have to wonder. That's what I was thinking. Outer Heaven is being ran by Venomous Snake, who's Big Boss's yeah. decoy. And he has a decoy prisoner that looks like Petrovich, who's clearly sympathetic to the Outer Heaven cause. That's going to So die. Big yeah. Boss, or, or, or Venom Snake rather, Venom Snake tells this decoy, hey, here's what you're going to do. Uh, my rookie solid snake is going to come in here. And when he comes mm. in here, uh, tell him it's a trap. Yeah. Die Fox sounder. And then a pitfall is going to open below you and you're going to fall through the pitfall, but you're going to fall through the pitfall with snake. And well, if it gets snake, it kills snake instantly. So I, I'm assuming it also kills this fake Petrovich. I mean, that's, that's who pure, has agreed to do dedication, this? pure dedication. <laughs> That's that's oh boy, you're getting people who are dying for your cause to be a decoy. That's ooh. I can't believe people would volunteer to do that. It was just so like so odd and out of nowhere, like coming coming across it like that didn't that didn't happen like throughout the game. Like no one's mentioned like multiple people. They told me yeah. where the doctor was. This is where I believed him to be. Yeah. People so tell whole, you he's in building one courtyard. Yeah. You go there, and then you find a prisoner who said, no, he's been moved. Mm-hmm. You find a, a prisoner in building two that says, oh, he's in the basement. You go down to the basement, and it's a fake Petrovich that tries to kill you. Yep. So you continue navigating building two. You're finding more equipment. You're finding more weapons. To tell you the tr- truth, the game gets a little fuzzy for me in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You fight some other bosses. I don't know if you fight Fire Trooper here. You do fight Fire Trooper. And you, you fight Fire Trooper here. I immediately go like the fury. <laughs> and then he just it's, like he just like sprays his flame. Yeah, he turns his flamethrower on, he starts spraying the room with flame. But uh, again, like most of the villains in, in or boss fights in Metal Gear, there is a blind spot that you can stand in and just shoot remote control missiles at him until he dies. Exactly. So by the time we get to this point, I've actually smartened up and said, I'm not jumping in front of anybody's line of fire anymore. And in I'm the corner shooting. of the room and launch remote control missiles at you from, from the safe spot. Yeah, so that's what I immediately started doing. And Good. my logic was like, wait, if I shoot a missile at him, is he going to blow it up with his flamethrower? Like, no. just start But it didn't. No. I was worried about that too. I'm like, well, maybe maybe the flamethrower will blow up your missiles before they get to him and that'll add some challenge. But nope, your missiles yeah. fly right through the flames and, and where, blow him up. 
where it's like you kind of have to shoot him as he's like aiming away from you yeah that That's would be a cool detail to add to future releases of the game but nope they, they the missiles fly right through the flames and and hit him right in the face and then i think fiery missiles fly at him and again a fire trooper is like gary Busey in predator 2 where he's like holy shit <laughs> And then oh, he's man. dead. And then um, it gets a little hazy. Uh, building mm-hmm. two is a, around the point uh, Jennifer starts to contact you. Yeah, I think. You're... And if your rank's not high enough, did, did this happen to you? Did Jennifer contact, or did you try to contact Jennifer with a lower rank? I try contacting her. And I think she tells me to rank up in order to continue the conversation. Right. She said, yeah. "Like, do you remember like roughly what she said?" Um, I think she says. In order for, I think it says you have to you have to keep rescuing prisoners, and rank up, in order right. for contact be contacted by me. And and there's even a prisoner in building two who says like uh, Jennifer, she's very uh, picky. Mm-hmm. She she won't talk to you unless you you have a high enough rank or you, you've rescued enough people. And even if you contact Jennifer with three stars, which I think you should have by that point, uh, she she just flat out denies you. She's like, you need to have at least four stars before I'll talk to you. Let's talk about yep. Jennifer a little bit. What's her backstory? Uh, for Jennifer, I I blended people. Um, she's a resistance member. She snuck mm-hmm. into outer heaven claiming to be a medical staff to save her brother who was captured. This is like rough translation by outer heaven. I don't know why you would repeat that. She helps you finding items for you. Yeah. So she's yeah. the person that, that's like, I need a rocket launcher to beat something. She'll, yeah. okay, snake, there's a rocket launcher in this room. You can grab it now. I thought she was making it. The rocket launcher. I thought she was assembling she the is. pieces because that's what it sounded like when I was contacting her. It could be. I, I'm sure if there was a Metal Gear movie adaptation, yeah. she would be like assembling like a custom made rocket launcher uh, or something along those lines. But uh, that's kind of kind of rude of her. You're infiltrating the base. You're risking your life. Yeah. You're the only hope her brother has. And she's like, I won't talk to you because you have three stars. Exactly. I only talk to soldiers with four stars. It's like, well, okay. First of all, you are a local. Mm-hmm. You're you're someone from Africa that lives around the Outer Heaven base. You've infiltrated it because your brother got captured. Mm-hmm. He's in need of help. You're sneaking into the base as like a resistance member. Yeah. Disguising yourself as the medical staff. And you won't talk to me, an American foxhound soldier, because I have three stars in the foxhound organization rather than four stars in the foxhound organization. Yeah. And I was going to say, by then, people already know there's a foxhounder that's infiltrated and running around the base. Yeah, for all she knows, you might be Gray Fox, who's, who probably does yeah. have four stars. And she yeah. denies you. She says, I'm not going to talk to you until you get four stars. So eventually you, you rescue enough prisoners, you get four mm-hmm. stars, and then she, she gets a little warmer to you temporarily, mind you. There's other confrontations with, with Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, but she hooks you up with a <laughs> rocket launcher, which you kill, used to kill the... You probably know them as something different than I do. What do they say in your in your game? So in your game, there are these guys that clearly have sunglasses on, black leather coats, and khaki <laughs> pants. And you probably think they're called Bloody Brads, don't you? No. Um, I thought they were like, well, first, they don't give a name till I think either after i yeah sometimes you can you, you like find a yeah, prisoner that you were supposed to find before exactly and they're like to kill the bloody breads you need a rocket launcher they look they look completely different from any other soldier they mm-hmm. move different 
when I walked in that room, I said to myself, why are there two Terminators in this room? That's exactly what they are. Because the way in the they original walk. game, In the original game, they were called TX-11 Arnolds. They call them Arnolds in, this game, in the game I played. Just okay. They call them the Arnolds. In, in one of the other uh, translations, they're called Bloody Brads. Oh, my God. But that's bullshit because we know oh they're Arnolds. What's, I was going to say, like, what's a bloody bread? Like, there's no blood on these guys. No, the way they move, the way they walk, the way they look, I was like, there's two Terminators in the room. There's two Terminators, but luckily there's one Kyle Reese. And as we yeah. know, so that's Kyle where, Reese can handle a couple of Terminators. That's where I thought, like, where the, um, where the inspiration came from. Yeah. For basically the cover is, like, Kyle Reese. And yeah. you got these Arnolds running around this, like, there's yeah. one room. There's only one room. I've seen them. Two Terminators in one room, and all they do is move back and forth, and they hurt you just by touching you. But yeah, you, you blow them up with a rocket launcher, and a little bit of trivia behind them that I think kind of gets overlooked because there's not mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, lore around these guys. Yeah, but there, there's a little bit. Um, Doctor Petrovich is a cyberneticist. Yes, and he he made the TX11 Arnold's. But the Metal Gear in the game is called TX-55. So there's a Metal Gear TX-55 that was built by Petrovich, and there's also these TX-11 Arnolds, which are like cyborgs or robots built by Petrovich. Yeah. They don't get a lot of love in Metal Gear lore, but I I don't think they should be necessarily overlooked either. No, I mean, like, I was like, I was like, well, first of all, I'm, I'm in the mindset, like, I'm back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am loving this. Like, I thought I had to like fight them hand to hand. You like, tried to punch the the <laughs> TX11 Arnolds. I tried to, to punch Terminators, and then Did you they not don't watch the Terminator. Do you not remember when yeah. Ginger's boyfriend tries to fight the Terminator with his bare hand? He's naked. He <laughs> tries to least... fight the Terminator with his bare hands, and then he just ends up a bloody pulp thrown through a door. Uh, I was like, say like, I don't. If you want to fight a Terminator, you need some explosive power. And that's why Kyle Reese immediately is like, I don't know if I can beat it with these weapons, but we can make some pipe bombs. And then, uh, (laughs) oh my god. Um, It's around that point, too, that you find the real Petrovich. Because the real Petrovich is on that floor, and he says, well, I'm not going to help you Mm -hmm. because they've kidnapped my daughter. And you had to find Ellen in the basement uh, or I'm not. I'm not going to help you. Yeah, I think she's in building one, right? Building one basement. Yeah. So it's like so you hey, find it, you, you you kind of what you're supposed to do is go through this underground tunnel, which is a death trap. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually just go back over the map and go through the scorpions again, but uh, you can go through the tunnel. It, it mm-hmm. does work That's... if you you have enough patience. No, I went through like where the scorpions were. I backtracked that way. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize about the, the underground tunnel. There's an underground tunnel. You find a flashlight because it's completely pitch black. And when you had the flashlight, you can actually see the tunnel. And it's, uh, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly, I don't think there's soldiers in there. I think there's just dogs. There's dogs and mm-hmm. lots and lots of pitfalls. And it's really hard to navigate. But if oh you can navigate God. it, you end up in the door that's above mm-hmm. Gray Fox's cell. I didn't even, like, I had the yeah. flashlight and I have no idea what it was for. I never went beyond but Yeah, that. yeah. That's that's what the flashlight's for. Yeah. So it, it's for that tunnel, which is optional. You actually don't need to go through it in the game. Mm-hmm. But if you do go through it, you, you you find your way to Ellen's cell, mm-hmm. and you find this girl with black hair and a red dress. And Who I thought was pregnant. Oh, oh you thought she was pregnant? Yeah, because the way she kind of like 
I realize like now, like she the way she, she was just like her legs were sticking out. I thought she was just kind of like dress. sitting on her legs and her yeah, dress kind of she was on her legs. But when I first went in there, I was like, oh my god, there's a pregnant woman in here. It's like, what did they do to her on the oh, floor? Wow. I was like, it's kind of like you know these outer heaven like soldiers like are kind of like jackasses. Like have a pregnant they are woman jackasses. on the floor. Jackasses. Um, do you remember uh, uh, the Arnold movie Commando? Yes. Where they they kidnap Alyssa Milano, who's his his daughter. And he's mm-hmm. a single dad. And the, the soldiers in, I think it's Valverde, that fictional 80s country that they would use to not offend any Central American countries. They yeah. would say the, 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 the gorillas are from the Central American country of Valverde, which is not real. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like and, Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah. And it translates yeah. to like Green Valley. Mm-hmm. So you go to this country and these, these soldiers in Valverde have Arnold's daughter and they're like, have you ever cut the throat of a 10-year-old girl? It's like cutting through butter with a butter knife. Oh my god! And it's like, oh my god! Like, what like, the what? fuck? Yeah, exactly. Who talks like this? <laughs> but it's a good thing you said commando because, like, every time I like stocked up on rations and weaponry, that's what I imagined Salzig was doing, like commando style, just gearing up everything on top yeah. of them. It's like, yeah. See, save Ellen. I don't remember that she tells you anything significant. I think she uh, just says, my, no. my, I'm Ellen Petrovich, my dad's yeah. Dr. Petrovich. Um, thank you for saving me, I think. Thank says. you for saving me. Yeah, there's like, it was just like really like flat. I was like, okay, I saved her. I thought she was going to like, either like use, a, I was like, do you have a radio signal for your father? So we can like tell him you're rescued? Like, how's he going to know? Like, I could have just left the room waited like an hour or two come back be like all right dude your door is rescued tell me about my gear here's what you do uh I, i'm gonna go ahead and fill in some details you, you pull out a knife and you cut off her finger right <laughs> <laughs> and you, t- you take her finger back to petrovich and you say okay uh, now tell me how to defeat metal gear please or you want more pieces of your daughter <laughs> Or you, if you don't want to be violent you can just tear off a piece of her red dress and go look this is the only red thing in, in outer heaven you know that could have been like <laughs> I'm trying to think like um does even solid snake he doesn't wear there's no he's bandana list right i In think he's bandana list that would have been the perfect opportunity red dress bandana that that would be a cool detail uh, filmmakers if you're going to adapt yeah. the original metal gear the outer heaven incident into a movie that's what needs to happen ellen petrovich should rip her dress a little bit and then like tie it around solid snake's head to give him his first like red bandana yeah cause, like, because that's what happened in uh, that he's rescued his daughter yeah because like there's i don't see any women on this base other than people i've been contacting no. this and, is a huge sausage fest which like, fits with a lot of people's theories about big boss by the way <laughs> like physical like physical she is a physical person she is not a voice on the radio yeah and i'll be like oh that's a perfect opportunity rip off a little bit of the red dress put it on your head as a bandana so when you go back to the room, Petrovich would be like, my daughter's red dress. Okay, yeah. he rescued her. Let's, okay, what do you need to know? Snake, do you need any help with your mission? Infinite ammo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might as well have done that at that point because like, you could almost be up to infinite ammo if you're like stocking up. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun thing about the game. You can keep entering the room, which most mm-hmm. people will do. It's, it's a valid strategy. And getting more and more rations or more and more ammo or more and more landmines to make sure you're well stocked. So so weapons and ammunition is never really a problem in the original Metal Gear. Yeah. But I took a screenshot um, 
of what uh, Petrovich says. So you rescue his daughter and you make mm-hmm. your way back to Petrovich and then fi- he's still tied up. Okay. Even though you untied him the first time. And, and this time when you untie him, he tells you, what does he tell you? He's supposed to like, he tells me the combination to like take down Metal Gear. Right, right. Uh, I, I took a screenshot of it. Unfortunately, I don't think I took enough screenshots because basically what he says is right, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, left, right, right, left, right, left, right, dot, dot, dot. And then I, I don't, I didn't take a screenshot of the next thing he says, but basically the next thing he, he says is, huh, I don't remember the rest. That's what he said. I don't remember the rest <laughs> of it, but it should take 16. Yeah, and he's told you 15 steps, but he doesn't remember the 16th step. <laughs> so anyway, you you rescued Petrovich. Uh, it's mm. getting a little fuzzy what uh, uh, bad guys you still had to fight. I know at a certain point you go to Building 3, which is just a complete war zone where guys are jumping out of the back of the yeah, trucks and shooting at you. It's just a free-for-all. The, the moment you get to Building 3, you get a, a call from Big Boss who says... Um, go to the leftist truck no right truck yeah yeah, yeah. he right says go to the truck. rightmost truck which takes you back to the beginning i think yeah it's... and then i never went you... i never went i never I didn't yeah, listen to him I, I... because i think somewhere before you get to the line i no, maybe i'm jumping ahead someone actually does mention that the person who's behind all of this oh right right is kyle schneider yeah it's Fox kyle Town. schneider says uh a uh, snake I, I i've got something to tell you mm-hmm I, I've been doing some digging, and I found out that the 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 leader of Outer Heaven, the guy that's in mm-hmm. charge of this whole operation, you're never going to believe the snake. The guy who's in charge of Outer Heaven that we're leading this resistance against, he's actually. <laughs> no gunshots, and uh, Kyle Schneider, as far as you know, is is out, he's dead, out of the game. As far as you know, we're going to learn later yeah. in the series that he's still alive. But at this point, he's now out of Metal Gear. And all we know is there's this mystery of um, the so leader in Outer Heaven is some some guy that you know, he's been identified now. So you get to Building 3. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if You get a call from Big Boss and people are like, there's like 12 trucks parked in front of the Building 3. Yeah. And like Soldiers hop out of all 12 trucks and start shooting at you. And you're getting a call from Big Boss, and Big Boss is like, Snake, get in the truck on the far right, which just takes you back to the beginning of the game almost. And then if you go into Building 3, you just run for the door, you go into mm-hmm. Building 3, you get another call from Big Boss, and Big Boss says, go in the door on the left. Yes. Does that Did, take did you go anywhere? in the door on the left? No, I stopped listening to him. No, no, it, it doesn't take you anywhere. I think it takes you to a room where you're surrounded by uh, cargo boxes, I think, and there's like a pitfall. Oh, okay. And it's like immediate death. So anyway, you're getting like bad intelligence from from Big Boss. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, evade a couple of pitfalls. You make it to the elevator. You go down 100 floors to the basement of Building 3, which supposedly is where Metal Gear is being stored. And then you get a call from Jennifer who says, hey, there's some an oxygen tank. Yes. uh, Through through the wall. I think you bombed the wall to get to the oxygen tank. I think she opens the door for you. She might open the door for you. Yeah. She does that a lot too. Yeah. But you, you get the oxygen tank and then you go back to building two so that you can swim through the, through the channel. And by the way, 
a lot of times when I'm playing the game, I don't even use the oxygen tank. You can just equip rations and have full health and swim all the way through the channel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And as you're dying, the yeah. rations will refill your health. And you have just enough, I think, to get to the, to the end of the channel. But you get to the end of the channel, and suddenly uh, you, you, uh, there's an electric floor, and you destroy mm-hmm. the control panel, and you go into the right door. And then you encounter... Who, what name was he going, going by in your version of the game? Oh, um... Coward Duck? Because the newer versions of the game... Coward Duck. Yeah. The newer versions of the game, I think it's called Dirty Duck. Yeah, that's I heard other people say Dirty Duck. And I was like, well, this guy's yeah. calling himself Coward Duck. Yeah, Coward Duck. Yeah, because I mean, he's like surrounded by like prisoners on the ground. But when I yeah. first walked in, I was like, holy crap, there's like there's four people in here. Yeah, but he's got three prisoners around him, one directly in front of him who's Jennifer's yeah. older brother, and then two to the sides of him. And you get a call immediately from Jennifer who mm-hmm. basically says, if um, my brother's in this room and he's a prisoner, and if he dies, I won't help you any longer. Yeah, no, she tells me that. Yeah, she threatens. She's like, if he's in that room, if you kill him, I won't help you. But here's the funny thing. I don't, I don't think she helps you anymore anyway in the game. No, that's the end of her. There, are, there is a subsequent radio conversation with her, and we'll get into that mm. here shortly. But she's like, if, if my brother dies, I'm not going to help you, which is the second kind of crappy thing she says to Snake. Although, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. If if you let my brother die, I'm not going to help you. That's that's fair. But the whole three star, four star thing—that's bullshit. Yeah, it's like no, that's you bullshit. Want, you want your brother to be saved? I'm the only guy that's going to be able to do it. Can you imagine that during World War II, like when the Nazis invaded France and there was like a French resistance? And let's say there's oh. a female French resistance fighter, and let's say you're an American soldier and you're like a sergeant, mm-hmm. and you're trying to help this resistance fighter fight off the Nazis. And the resistance fighter says to you, you're a sergeant. I won't help you fight the Nazis unless you're a lieutenant. Oh, my God. What a horrible person. Exactly. I'll be like, you know what? Who are you trying to save? Because when <laughs> I find this person, I'm going to blow their brains out on the radio. <laughs> For all the grief you I found me. your brother, but I only untied the other two hostages. Your brother's still sitting in front of a pitfall at the end of the channel. Good luck with that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the pitfall. Yeah, there's a pitfall um, in front of Coward the Duck, too. So anyway, uh, how did you kill Coward the Duck? Uh, well, he throws, like, are they boomerangs? Boomerangs. Okay, yeah. so when I saw boomerangs, I was like, okay, this guy's Australian. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, that's a fair assumption. And then... Uh, Good day, mate. I'm Coward Duck. I was like, all right, he's, like, surrounded by, like, prisoners. Like, I can't, I, I can't, like, like, shoot directly like in front of him because i thought it was gonna like hit whoever's in front of him which would be jennifer's brother so i kind of like went up beside him and just started like blasting him with my with my pistol yeah yeah that's i think that's the standard way to kind of yeah. take him out i i think you might be able to get him with remote controlled missiles too or maybe even the grenade launcher but typically people will walk up next to him and just kind of shoot him with the pistol until he's dead free the yeah. prisoners the back two prisoners say i'm saved i'm saved uh, the front one, he identifies himself as Jennifer's brother. Yeah, I think he gives you something, uh, too. I don't... He might... Does he? I thought it was another key card. I think we're you might be seven, right, or maybe? maybe he just gives you advice. He he might be the one to tell you. He might be the one to tell you that uh, Big Boss is the bad guy of Outer Heaven. 
Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's who tells you. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's what it is. I think beans. that's the intel you get yeah. from him. So he tells you Big Boss is no good, that your commanding officer that you've been following this entire time is a traitor. Yep. Um, how he ha- how he knows that you're connected to Big Boss, even though he's been a prisoner this entire time, I don't... I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's best not to question the logic of it too much. But anyway, you, you make your way back to Building 3. Um... And then you go down a hundred floors to the basement and you're, you're working your way through the basement and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've jacked up the, the difficulty on the game where you're passing through rooms that has poison gas in them. Uh, there's yep. laser cameras, there, there's electric floors. And that's where you get the last radio help from Jennifer. You get to the room with the electric floor and she basically says um, what Jennifer says, who's infiltrated out of heaven, her advice to you on the radio is You'll be fine. Yeah. Run across the electric floor. You'll lose some health, but you've got rations. You'll be fine. But that's not entirely true. Mine was like weird because I saw the electric floor and I didn't see a panel blow it up. So she does call right. me and she tells me like, just walk through. And then it's like really broken English where it's like, I'll be all right with rations. Yeah. And I said, like, okay, yeah. I think she meant to say, I'll be all right because I have rations. There's a, this is the final room before Metal Gear. It's probably one of mm-hmm. the most heavily fortified uh, uh, rooms in the entire base. It has an electric floor. I mean, that thing is probably set to kill Yeah, the voltage running through that floor. And you have to run, like, it's a maze. It's a little bit of a maze, too. Yeah. You have to kind of run around a stone pillar to get up to the top of the, of the room. And she says, you'll be fine. Run through the room. You'll be fine with rations, whatever. You're fine. That's not entirely true. Mm-mm. You you notice that there's no control panel, right, for the, the electric floor? Yeah. There's no control panel that's visible. Oh. There's a hidden control panel. Oh, okay. If you shoot a missile and you navigate through the entire course of the room and you shoot the missile past the door mm-hmm. at the top of the room and then you drive it directly into that north wall, okay. there's a hidden panel there that turns the floor off didn't i didn't see that in any and that's tips. what that's what jennifer should have said yeah she should have told you that and here's the thing this is this is what should have been here in the game and not to criticize kojima but this is what should have been in the game if you kill jennifer's brother by accident and she doesn't help you i say you get no radio call right there and you just run for it yeah yeah you, you put on the body armor or you put on your rations and you, you just run for it and you take some damage. I think if you save Jennifer's brother, which is what most people do, because mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to, or else you can't hold enough plastic ex- explosives to destroy Metal Gear. If you save Jennifer's brother, Jennifer should tell you there, hey, I, I infiltrated the space a while ago. I happen to know that there's a hidden control panel on the opposite wall. Yeah. Just, I don't that know. That would have been the actual that... tip other than Mine, I thought I thought I read it wrong because by then I was probably like it was probably like three in the morning, and I thought yeah. like I and thought Big I was Boss like, has given you so much bad intel anyway. Yeah, I was like, I'm we we thinking... didn't talk about it, but one of the things that we skipped is Big Boss actually in the radio conversation in the room before, which I think is a room filled with gas, poison gas. Oh, Big yeah. Boss calls you and, and tells you to abort the mission right now. The yep. mission is over. You failed. Turn off your MSX console. Yeah, I forgot about that. And yeah, like I was 
You know, which what? is uh, that that only appears again in Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. Yeah, that's the only time in Metal Gear they, Solid yeah. Two: Sons of Liberty. At the end of the game, when uh, Colonel Campbell is freaking out and starting to glitch and stuff, and yeah, and he sort of realizes he can't trust the Colonel Campbell from the game. He says, "Raiden, turn off your PlayStation Two console. The mission is a failure." Yes. Yeah, and it's almost like the same. And a lot of people think that that's the first time that appears in the series, but it's not. Big Boss actually says it to Snake as far back as Metal Gear 1. Snake, the mission's a failure. Abort the mission. Turn off your MSX computer. And I wonder if like, anybody actually did it back then for the MSX. Maybe. Because I know for the PlayStation 2, I did it. I would like to hear some stories out there. If there's any Japanese kids out there, or maybe I, I can't remember if the Nintendo version does that either. I can't remember yeah. if if Big Boss says turn off your Nintendo Entertainment System. I, I can't remember if that's still in the game or not. But anyway, so you, Big Boss is giving you bad mm-hmm. intel all the way to the Metal Gear room. Jennifer tells you to just run for it, just run across the electric floor, take the mm-hmm. damage. Um, and then you, what happens next? Don't we go? Don't we, don't we come come across Metal Gear? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Those are two you, questions. You like, enter uh, what you've been aiming for this entire time. Mm-hmm. The ultimate weapon, Metal Gear, the, the prototype. It's not operational yet. I think maybe a prisoner tells you that at some point. You certainly get that impression because Petrovich is yeah. like, "Well, put, just put plastic explosive on the feet and and do it in this order." So you come across Metal Gear, and defending Metal Gear are, are two laser cameras that are kind of mm-hmm. moving back and forth. But it's it's not it's not too terribly hard. You you put uh, a plastic explosive on the feet in the order that you were told to, mm-hmm. and then uh, Johnny, what did you do for plastic explosive number sixteen, the last one that you can hold? I don't remember. I don't know if, which which leg I I did it with. I can't remember either. I, all I know is every time I play mm-hmm. the game, it works. Yeah, because. By then, I think I have like at least like thirty. No, you can only hold sixteen. Oh, really? I think you max out at sixteen plastic explosives, and you can't hold a single one more. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Oh man, then I'm, oh, it must be it must be another like weapon. I was thinking then. Um, yeah, you can only hold sixteen, and Petrovich is only giving you instructions for the, where to place the first fifteen, and the sixteenth one. I guess you have to flip a coin or something. But I've never had a problem destroying Metal Gear. Did you ever have a problem destroying it? No. I, I think it may have been the yeah. left. I think it may have been the left to go with coincide. You have to go to the most leftist ladder. You might be right. I could have sworn the answer was right. Uh, it might just um, be that it be doesn't matter. But it, I, I swear to you, I think I've seen like playthroughs. Mm-hmm. I hate to give out false information, but I there, there's a feeling in my gut that if you placed every single plastic explosive directly in the middle of the legs mm-hmm. like right on the crotch of metal gear i think it would still work it probably would because the it would hit like both yeah it probably is still the, signal. The, the metal gear sprite is kind of small and thin mm-hmm. and your plastic explosive is pretty big i feel like if you dropped it right between both of the feet 16 times i think it would still blow up i probably i'm probably gonna experiment with that that would be a fun thing and to experiment then, with. I feel like that's true. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Petrovich does tell you a specific order to do, and then you have to guess in the last one. But yeah. I've never, I never encountered a situation where I place it on the wrong foot and then it's still there. No, 
no even i don't like think it matters I, I don't i don't think the final explosive matters i think M- it, maybe yeah. the first 15 steps matter i think that's what it is like i think if whatever you like you put it on you hit the magic number basically yeah so what when you place the 16th one there, uh, Metal Gear has this animation where it blows up, the screen flashes a couple mm-hmm. of times, and then what happens? Uh, it announcement goes off, and it's like... Um, yeah, Outer the music Heaven, gets really intense and really fast. Yeah, yeah. And it's The like switch frantic. has been initiated. Outer Heaven's going to blow up. There's a timer at the bottom of your screen that like counts down from yep. 3,000 to zero really quickly. And you head to the door on the left and tell me... Tell me what happens and what your thoughts were. Oh, you come across what's supposed to be big boss, but like I'm retconning right. it and it's it's Venom Snake as big boss. Right. Yeah. As far as us gamers knew when we first played Metal Gear, this was the big this boss. Was this was the leader of both Foxhound and the, the Rogue Nation Outer Heaven. And they were one and the same. Mm-hmm. and we thought it was just one guy because at this point in the continuity it was just one guy mm-hmm. as far as we knew this was this was the big boss you're you're in a room with him you enter the door on the right side it's concrete room it's got uh, mm-hmm. six crates in it big oh, yeah. boss is always kind of standing on the opposite end of the room shooting at you it's it's a little yeah. more he's a little more complicated than the machine gun kid but it's very similar to the machine gun kid fight yeah because um from what it looks like from how am i playing it looks like he's actually also taking cover and shooting at the same time he's taking cover and shooting but i think like he'll slide it around the screen a lot more than the machine gun kid does and faster if you're on the the right side of the screen he'll be on the left side of the screen mm-hmm. if you go on the bottom of the screen i think he'll slide across the top of the screen and i could be wrong he might even go so far as to go on the right side of the screen and the bottom side of the screen too based on where you're standing yeah it's basically like he's going to be in the opposite direction where you are to keep his distance now something before you fight him, something happens in this room. Do you remember? No. So you get a call, and at this point in the game, we think Kyle Schneider is dead. Mm-hmm. At this point in the game, Jennifer has given us her last piece of advice to us. Oh, uh, she right, basically right, right. said, uh, just run, run across the, 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 the electric floor. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> even though there's another way <laughs> that you don't get hurt. You get your final phone call of the game, I think, and it's from Diane. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you remember she, what she says? Um, oh, she word for word, not but verbatim. She's like, uh, she's like, I don't, I don't have any idea how to beat Big Boss. Do you remember what else she, she says? No. Did I take a picture of this? Let me check my phone and see if I took a picture of this. That way, I, I get the phrasing right. Did she give you like I may not have been smart enough to do that. Did she give you like intel on him? Uh, no, 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 not exactly. Oh, okay. So at this point in the game, she's calling you on a different frequency. Mm. She did. She started off calling you on frequency one two zero point three three. Yeah. In the latter half of the game, she's calling you on frequency one two zero point nine one. And after she tells you she has no idea how to defeat Big Boss, mm. uh, the last thing she says to you is "Solid Snake." The way I feel about you, no, it's nothing. Good, good luck. What? No, yes. I don't. I didn't get that. I got the good luck yeah. part. Are you kidding I, me? Maybe you played a different translation of the game, but I'm telling yeah. you, 
there's the most recent version of the game, I think. Uh, she's professing her love to you while you're fighting Big Boss, this Diane character who multiple times that you've called her throughout the game, mm. Steve picks up the phone. Yeah. And Steve's like, sorry, bro, she went out shopping. Or, uh, sorry, bro, she's in the shower right now. And then the third time you call Steve, Steve says, uh, why do you keep calling? Just leave Diane alone already. <laughs> Diane gives you a little bit of help. Uh, mm-hmm. When you enter, you probably missed this conversation, when you enter the uh, uh, underground tunnel mm-hmm. that links the basement to building two and building one, when you have to go back and rescue Ellen Petrovich, mm-hmm. Diane calls you and says, uh, a Snake, there's a lot of pitfalls down there. Good luck. Be, be careful of all the pitfalls down there. Yeah. But here we are in the final battle with Big Boss, and Diane's calling you and saying, Snake, I have feelings for it. You, you know what? Never mind. Uh, good luck. Jeez. Good luck. Yeah, no. Other heaven's about to blow up. You're, you're fighting Big Boss. He's standing between you and the exits. Uh, good luck. I would have remembered that. Like, I would remember, like, her professing, like, oh, we're trying to profess, like, feelings for you. I'm telling you, there's a version of that game. I'll, I'll send you the screenshot right now mm. so you don't think I'm I'm crazy. No, I believe you because, like, from other podcasts and people, like, playing uh, different copies of this game, there's, like, different, like, dialogue, different character names. I mean, it's not, like, altogether, like, completely, like, daunting, like, dauntingly different. I just sent it to you. It's in our uh, Twitter DM, our ongoing DM. Oh, my God. You see the the timer at yeah. the bottom of the screen too, right? Yeah, yeah. You're so anyway, that's uh, Diane has somehow fallen in love with you over the course of the mission, even though you haven't said a word to her. Yeah. And most of the time, Steve's picking up and going, "Sorry, bro, she's somewhere else. Stop Get lost." <laughs> it's a little weird. She comes on a little strong. Yeah, like I'm like, whoa, like what do you mean you got feelings for me? Like we never actually met. I'll tell you what I wanted to do. You can cut this part from the podcast or, or leave it in there. I don't whatever you think's most entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun before we drop this podcast past on the on the listeners. I think it'd be fun to record every radio conversation between Diane and Solid Snake mm-hmm. in a row. <laughs> And we'll get someone to play Diane. We'll get someone to play Steve and we'll get someone to play solid snake. And we'll just list them in order right here mm. where we have Steve, the Diane conversations, Steve, again, the Diane conversations, Steve again. And then finally the Diane conversations. And I think it'd be so funny if like we get to the last one where Diane's like snake, I have something to tell you. I, the feelings I have for, and then right when she says that snake just kind of spits out his drink and goes, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, I have like a like um almost like a radio show. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun thing to work into each of these these episodes to like do our own little thing. Like uh when you'd wished uh uh Lana good morning, Metal Gear Nation. Mm-hmm. And we got into the back and forth about uh Snake being so thick that he didn't notice that Master Miller's not even Master Miller. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that would make a good one for the Metal Gear Solid episode. I would do it. I would do it. Um, let's try it we're recording these almost a month in advance we might have a little time to play around and add some audio yeah sweet oh do you want to cue it in the podcast or are you doing like a different
This is Snake. Can you hear me? It's Diane. I don't know how to destroy Big Boss. Up to you, Solid Snake. The way I feel about you, it... No, it's nothing. Good luck. What? Like the Big Boss. So you're fighting Big Boss. Mm. Diane professes her love for you, and then she hangs it up and says good luck. You fight Big Boss. What, what did you do to try to beat Big Boss? Horror and moral terror are your friends. If they are not, then they are enemies to be feared. They are truly enemies. Uh, I noticed that he was faster compared to Machine Gun Kid. Not by much, but like slightly faster. And he's kind of like just like shooting like not like everyone else is like just like spraying everywhere he's actually shooting like at you like this was like a little bit different compared to the other bosses um so i kind of like i had to like stay stand my ground and just missile launch at him i figured like these these um these missiles are gonna like kill him faster than his bullets so did you use the rocket launcher or the remote controlled missiles remote controlled missile oh good choice that's exactly how I do it. Oh, okay. When oh, I am Solid Snake fighting Big Boss, I mm-hmm. hide behind a crate and I shoot remote controlled missiles until he's dead, and then I, I proceed. <laughs> oh, I, the next oh shit, I didn't think about that. Hiding behind a crate, I just like pop out of nowhere, like missile. <laughs> oh, so you use the remote controlled missiles and stood in plain sight? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hide behind crates I before think, I shoot my missiles. I think that's what you were asking me. Like, wait a minute, did you use a rocket launcher or did you use a missile? I didn't think of a rocket launcher because I thought like. He might move. Sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll pull out the rocket launcher and face him yeah. and just shoot the rocket launcher at him again and again. But eh, sometimes I just think it's more funny to stand behind the crate and shoot remote control missiles at him. Yeah. It's funny. Anyway, you, you, you kill him. And he actually has a speech when you first enter the room. A big boss says something along the lines of, I, I'm Big Boss. I'm the leader of mm-hmm. Outer Heaven. I, I can't and believe Fox, you made yeah. it this far. I, I sent you on this mission because you're a rookie, mm-hmm. and I wanted you to send false intelligence back, but you've made it too far, and you've destroyed Metal Gear, and I, I'm not going to die alone. I'm going to take you with me, Snake. Yeah, so which leads me to believe he was just going to like hold me up until the time right now. Yeah, so he, he, he's trying to suicide you to death and go down with in, in flames with you, but you take him out, hiding like a coward behind a crate with remote controlled missiles and uh big boss he, he dies pretty quickly i think about four hits and he's gone yeah it's it's none of them take like that much they all go down pretty pretty quick yeah and that's a- even the jungle wanted him dead and that's who he really took his orders from anyway metal gear so you you kill big boss yes uh the door opens the, you're presented with three staircases. Now, there's actually a, a prisoner that tells you which one to take. Mm-hmm. I think that's Jennifer's brother, too. I think it is. I think it is Jennifer's brother. I think he says, take one. the one on the, on the far left. So you, you got the right one mm-hmm. to, be, to begin with, right? Yes, I went straight to the left. So you, 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 you climb like the... Uh, you kind of see mm-hmm. like the middle one ends really fast. I go like, and then Whoo. the one on the right ends even higher. And then you take the left ladder that goes mm-hmm. all the way to the top. And what did you think of the end of the game? <laughs> um, I mean, for for the, the at the, for the game at the time, I thought it was pretty cool. It's like he's literally running away yeah. in darkness. Snake, 
it, it's black behind him, so it's mm-hmm. presumably nighttime. Yeah. And you're running like crazy away from just something. You're actually kind direction. of slightly moving to the to the left of the screen. Mm-hmm. And behind you is like a nuclear explosion. Yep. And then Snake turns around, and there's a second like nuclear explosion. And that maybe that's because like Metal Gear TX fifty five has like two missile pods that carry like two nuclear oh, missiles. Yeah, that's or maybe it's be. just the maybe it's just the self destructs in the um, outer heaven. Maybe it's like literally like the Nostromo when they set it off to blow up an alien, it blows up like three times. Hmm. I, I, I'm not sure exactly, but Snake calls the frequency that Big Boss was on, which is presumably Fox yeah. Sound Command. Which why? It, I don't know, but, but he, he calls Foxhound Command and basically mm-hmm. says, this is Solid Snake, mission accomplished, or something mm-hmm. like that. And then the frequency changes to um, the, the local station. I think, I want to say it was like KNK. Yeah, it is, like Radio KNK. Yeah, coming out of like, uh, you know, uh, something South Africa or something Charlesburg. like that. And it's like yeah. uh, an explosion was reported, um, you know, uh, 200 kilometers north of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tremors measured, you know, 5.9 on the Richter scale or, I don't know, something like that. And then uh, the game's pretty well over, but did you get the the tease at the end? No. What tease at the end? There, there's a tease at the end of one of the versions of the game, and I think mm-hmm. it's the version I predominantly play. But at the end, I swear there's like a... I don't want to be wrong. I swear mm-hmm. it's there. I swear there's a next-time snake next time there is because um i keep going back to other people's podcasts but um i want to say like middle gear monday's podcast talks about the teaser at the end yeah which i didn't get and i was like that's when i knew like there's these copies are different from what i'm I'm playing yeah some of them cut content some of them Mm. restore content some of them translate it differently but there is a version out there, and I think it's the official version. And it's supposed where to be Big Boss. Big Boss uh, gets the last word in Metal Gear. Where basically, it's the tease that we would get in the solid games with like Ocelot. Yeah. And it's like, it'll. Where pre- Ocelot's like, yes, Mr. <clears throat> President. This is that tease where it's basically like Big Boss going, next time, Snake, I'll, I'll get you. It's like po- uh, post credit. We both get like yeah. audio, post credit audio that like predated like whatever they do now today with all the movies. That's so cool. It's like the first post-credit scene that I can even think of. It kind of makes you want to wait till like it's over. Like, wait a minute. With especially with Metal, with the Metal Gear games, like you gotta wait till everything's completely done and your game resets back to the main menu. I think Kojima was a smart guy. He wanted people to watch the credits and see that he was the game designer. Yeah, I mean, but pretty I, sure. I, I think, yeah, I think he 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 uh, invented the pro- post-credit scene right there in Metal Gear so that people would go, did you sit through to the end and see the tease? And they go, no, there was a tease at the end of Metal Gear? Oh, yeah, there's a tease. You got to go back and play it again. Mm-hmm. Big Boss says something at the end of the game. And then people sit there and watch the credits and see that Kojima made the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's and game, des- game designer. Game, game designer. designer. Today and, uh, the director. A legend is born. Now, I, I don't know how that fits in with the new retcon that... Mm. Venom Snake died in Outer Heaven, and like maybe that was actually Big Boss. Maybe retroactively, now that's Big Boss talking, whereas through the entire game you were talking to Venom Snake, or maybe Big, maybe Big Boss is the Foxhound Commander, and Venom Snake is the Outer Heaven. Com- yeah, they don't really. Uh, what's your, what's your tell retroactive you. interpretation? Is it is it all Venom Snake the entire time? 
Um, what do you mean? Like uh, that was that was talking to Solid Snake? Yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, where you get sent on the mission, and Big Boss mm-hmm. is talking to you, to the very end, where Big Boss is like, "I've been behind this all along, and I'm going to kill you." Mm-hmm. That's definitely Venom, Venom Snake. But it, was he also the guy giving you the Foxhound updates as your commanding officer? I want to say like Big Boss, like the real Big Boss in the beginning of the mission was giving you like information. It could be. And it could be where Big Boss is sending Snake in there to kill Venom Snake, and maybe Venom Snake's trying to throw him off, like. It, it could be interpreted yeah. a few different ways. And I, I think like a movie adaptation or maybe a remake as a game could, could answer some of those questions. But it's, it's the, the 35th anniversary of Metal Gear, the breakthrough game that started it all. Um, Johnny, any final thoughts on, on your playthrough of the original Metal Gear for the first time? All I can really say is that like, I, I don't know why it took me so long, but like, I'm also kind of glad like, going through all the modern games going back to the original playing like playing the game that started the whole craze the whole mania the whole everything that everyone's like it's led up to like to this point and it's it's a, it's a game that holds up it holds up yeah because um, there's a lot there's a lot of strategy I, I think there's a lot more there than people think is mm-hmm. there i think people who have only played the metal gear solid games and they they when they catch wind that there's the MSX games that are kind of mm-hmm. 8-bit and they're old and they came out in the 80s, they, they probably think, well, they're probably really simple and basic mm-hmm. and there's probably not a lot there, but I think there's there's more there than they probably think there is. Oh, yeah. Um, from, like, the, the sheer fact that it's, like, you're rescuing, like, prisoners of war. Yeah. That I haven't you're- come across since, like, the recent games, basically. There's a lot to get into. Mm. You're you're rescuing prisoners throughout the entire game. I mean, so it's touching upon a topic. It's touching mm-hmm. upon prisoners of war mm-hmm. and how they're treated. Also, too, part of the reason the game is OSP, where you're finding weapons and equipment on site, is I think uh, the United States wants deniability. Yes. Where, where mm-hmm. if you got caught, you you're not wearing an American flag on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You're not carrying a, a U.S. Army-issued gun. With their bullets. If you got captured or killed, America would d- deny your existence. They would say, we don't know who that is. Exactly. It's a terrorist. Just a, a Caucasian terrorist. We, we don't know anything about him. So that's a little dark, too, of a mm-hmm. theme that um, your organization would send you on a mission where you're expendable. Yeah, and because you're the character of Solid Snake, you're the the rookie that has yeah. No also, too, Doctor Petrovich, uh, mm-hmm. a, a cyberneticist, Doctor Petrovich, he's being held prisoner. His daughter was kidnapped and being held prisoner, and he's being used to create weapons of war, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we see in in times of war. I mean, I'm kind of a geek for World War One, and I'm fascinated that there are all these like chemists. Mm-hmm. And engineers in World War One that were like designing new weapons of mass destruction every year, and suddenly chemical weapons are hitting the battlefield, and tanks are hitting the battlefield, and, and jets are you know airplanes are hitting the battlefield for the first time, and they're building artillery guns that are so big that they can actually shoot Paris behind enemy lines, and it, it's kind of just strange the way people who commit themselves to science and, and math and discovery mm-hmm. and engineering the way they're used in wartime situations to make things to kill people. 
Yeah, and like uh, pretty much like you can try to like um, not kill the soldiers. Yeah, up to a point. That's an that's another no. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. The original like it was really emphasized later in other games. Mm-hmm. Like when you play Metal Gear Solid, that may have been the first one where you played through the game. And at the end of the game, there's a score, and you're mm-hmm. given a rank, and everybody's trying to get that big boss rank where they want to get the best rank. And if you kill enemy soldiers, it actually cuts down your score. Yes. And fans realize, oh, if I want that big boss rank, I have to get through not getting seen. No. I have to not kill mm-hmm. anybody. I have to not shoot any weapons. I have to not save my game. It encourages you to do non-lethal methods, and as I played through Metal Gear this most recent time for this podcast, Mm. I realized that the game is designed so that you cannot kill people. Yeah, it goes from like you don't have to kill people in the beginning. The enemy soldier paths Mm -hmm. you can you can figure them out and you can get around them to where you don't have to kill anybody and they can't see you. No, yeah, exactly, and oh yeah. comes to play the cardboard box yeah when when you are in the gas room on mm-hmm. floor three building one at the very beginning of the game and you leave the gas room you're in a room that has a security camera and a guard and the guard is walking close to you mm-hmm. he walks up and he's standing right next to you and he turns and looks the other way yeah and then he walks the other way and it gives you an opportunity to slip past him without actually killing him and that's just one example that I played over and over again. So that's the one that kind of stands out in my head. But that's just one example. Throughout the entire game, it's mm-hmm. just like that, where if you memorize the timing of the cameras, yeah. if you memorize the timing of the soldiers, if you memorize where they look and when they look there, you can slip past them without being seen or having to kill them. And that's a theme that's in the game, the original Metal Gear game. That's not something that was retroactively added later, although yeah, the scoring no. was probably retroactively added later. Mm-hmm. But you can you can slip past guards without killing them, and that's right there in Metal Gear One in 1987, around mm-hmm. the time in the U.S. Like we were playing Contra, yeah, it was, and running and gunning and playing Legend of Zelda, where you're you're killing monsters, and all these other games we grew up with, Super Mario Brothers Two, where you're pulling radishes out of the ground and throwing them at, at egg spitters, mm-hmm. uh or shy guys there's a lot going on in that original metal gear game there's even vip prisoners you're trying to rescue like gray fox Mm -hmm. ellen petrovich dr petrovich jennifer's brother people on the radio conversations who are helping you throughout the game kyle schneider dies oh yeah yeah at from least what, we're led to believe that he died because yeah. he kind of his conversation ends abruptly and there's some gunshots and then there's no more conversations with Kyle Schneider. So th- there's there's a lot going on in Metal Gear and it's kind of worth looking back on the 35th anniversary. This is really a good opportunity for everybody out there to to a- maybe if you if you own the HD collection and you still have a PlayStation Three mm-hmm. or maybe you do di- digital downloads. I think uh, Metal Gear is still on GOG. I want to say yeah, it's still on GOG, and I think it's still like five ninety nine. It's not even expensive. It's not. It doesn't break ten bucks. Yeah, if you guys are out there and you've enjoyed our conversation, I know we've gotten off topic a lot. <laughs> Hopefully, Johnny edits a lot of that stuff out and kind of streamlines it to just the Metal Gear discussion. Or maybe rearranges those extra pieces toward the end of the podcast. 
But it, it, if you've enjoyed our discussion on Metal Gear, and I know we kind of just described walking through the game, but give it give it a chance. It, it's the 35th anniversary. It's a really good reason just to look back and uh, think about where this series started. Because right now it feels like mm-hmm. the series doesn't have a future, but the series has a past. And I think a lot of people haven't gone back and looked at the past of the series. Yeah, no, they haven't embraced the past, like the, like the real past. Like when people think of the yeah. Think of the past. They think of Metal Gear Solid 1 from the PlayStation 1. Yeah. Everyone's waiting for that news, that official news coming from Konami, mm-hmm. that there's going to be a Metal Gear Solid 6 and that it's going to run the latest, on Unreal Engine 5 or, or whatever. And it's going to be open world and it's, mm-hmm. you can play online on Metal Gear Online 4. People are waiting for that news, but there's canon Metal Gear games out there that I think a lot of people still haven't played or given a chance. And that and that, that that was like the main thing I wanted to bring you on to like kind of like spread the word, especially with the anniversary yeah. being that like you know that you're the one person that I know that has played these games more than anyone else I've come in contact with. And I was like, all right, I gotta somehow get a hold of them, kind of like figure a way to I've enjoyed it. Like I I, did, I didn't want to come across as a jerk, but I wanted to say something at the beginning of the podcast. Thank God. Yeah. I don't have to talk about model building. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to. I can to just like, be on somebody's podcast and just talk about Metal Gear. I, yeah. And that's another thing. I was like, I don't want to put you on. Like, it's like, then, then it feels like work. It feels like you're, you're, you have to have come into work. That is your work. It's, it's really like a hobby. Yeah, I've got all my model stuff right over here. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, we can talk about it a little bit. But I just, I'm a fan. And yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully people care enough about you know things johnny has to say or, or i have to say that they'll listen to the podcast and uh maybe think about it maybe they'll they'll go you know what yeah i should play through metal gear at least once just to say that i did and maybe they'll be pleasantly yeah. surprised by what they find i mean it's not like like super inaccessible either like there's ways to get no. to it metal gear fans mm. I, I think they have a physical copy of the hd collection most of them do yeah they do or they still have their playstation 2 and they still have their subsistence copy of metal gear solid 3 yeah like or maybe they're they're like me where they 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 sold that the moment they got their hands on the hd collection which i I regret doing but either way Mm -hmm. i think a lot of fans have metal gear in their collection and maybe haven't looked at it and i hope they do for people who have played metal gear like johnny and myself Mm -hmm. i hope you just had fun listening to us for a while talk about it and kind of going down memory lane for the 35th anniversary. And that's that's pretty much really been my podcast. It's like personal experience. Like, what is your personal experience with this game? Yeah. And I hear everybody, you know, I'm not I don't I'm not saying like they're like, you know, they're they're in their own sectors, their own own realms. Some go Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not uh, we're not trying to depth. come across like we're gatekeeping or sitting on our pedestal yeah. judge, putting judgment on other people. The, the the intention of the podcast is, is we're trying to reach out to the fans and who knows maybe it's a very small percentage M- maybe it's yeah. only like five percent of metal gear fans that haven't played the original msx games and maybe you know the other 95 percent of people have and and they're just listening to the podcast because they want to hear discussions about those original games you know and certainly mm-hmm. we, we're intending them to be part of the audience too but I, I like metal gear i like to go back to metal gear once every like i, I go, I go mm-hmm. back to one, metal gear once every five years now roughly Oh, okay. I'm Each like, time I come back mm. to it, it gets longer and longer. I think the next time I play Metal Gear, it'll probably be the 42nd anniversary or the 45th anniversary. 
And now that but, you told me about the uh, the dungeon basement, I'm going to give that a try with the flashlight. Yeah, give, give it a try. You know. When you go to Petrovich the first time and he goes, I won't help you until you, you, you mm-hmm. save Ellen, go back to the basement. There's a way in the basement of Building 2 to go south. And there's a secret mm-hmm. tunnel that you use the flashlight in, and there's pitfalls everywhere, and there's gas rooms, I think, and there's guard dogs. But you can get you can get through it, and it's an, it's an area of Metal Gear where... I know you at least have one radio conversation with Diane. Mm-hmm. That's mandatory. I think that might be the only mandatory Diane conversation in the game other oh, okay. than the big boss fight. Yeah, I know. Like, and that's the whole point of like this episode is like, basically tell people, like, give it a try. Give it a go. Yeah. If, or you if you've already played it, mm-hmm. 35th anniversary, what a, what a great time to, to mm-hmm. go back and, and maybe dust off your copy and, and play it again. Yeah, exactly. Metal Gear B-Model for coming onto the podcast. Um, so you will return for Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. Uh, intro and outro music was by Fingers. Mr. Vamp, I am not Nathan, Thomas Rose, I'm going to say PO1, Eduardo Guzman, Guzman, and if I miss anybody, I apologize to those of the following that share their experiences with us on, on Twitter earlier. I want to thank you for listening to the episode and hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for more.